Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 192. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor's here too. Yeah, I'm still here. This is DC Comics Podcast. Every week we talk about DC Comics. Coming up on this week's show, we'll be talking about Justice League issue 39, the end of Scott Snyder's run. We'll be talking about Action Comics 1019, The Flash 87, Justice League Dark 19, Suicide Squad issue 2, Dial H for Hero number 11, and we got a couple of Patreon pick books to do as well, Red to Delta 40 and American Vampire issue 3. So that's what's coming up uh, in terms of books. Uh, plus, because it is a later week in terms of the number, we do have some questions from you guys uh, from Twitter and emails to uh to look through a little bit of news as well so uh should be a late breezy show with shenanigans and tangents and all the other things that said though we did have the 25 minute serious politics talk before we started recording not to bog down the mood of the show no get out of the system you know (laughs) so So, yeah that's it that's it it's done it's done we could we could do it um and we can get on with the the fun stuff screwed Yes, wasn't the most optimistic of chats, admittedly. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, that's just what we've got coming up uh, today. Um, yeah, uh, a bit quick, bit quick bit of news, I suppose I'll start off with before we get to anything else. Um, got a delay here. The 100-page spectacular, the Robin 80th anniversary special, has been pushed back by one week uh, from March 11th to March 18th, which I think is a good thing. I think March 11th was a busier week than the 18th, but I... Yeah. There's a reason for this that I'm pretty sure of, and it's in relation to another delay. Hmm. And that is the Flash 750 uh, has been pushed from the 26th of February to the 4th of March. So they didn't want them back-to-back weeks, I don't think. Ah, okay. That makes some sense. Fair enough. Makes some sense. All right. I actually think that's good for Flash as well, because that was on a week four, which has been our busiest week for a while. So that's actually also good. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, a little bit weird now that they've got that they're not having one in February and then two in March. Well, they're having two in April, so I mean, why not? Sure, sure. <laughs> the bastards. Uh, so, okay, there you go. So the next two big eight hundred page specials, whatever they end up being, are both pushed back a week. So there you go. That's basically it. That's, unless you had anything else, Connor. But uh, yeah, I had a couple of bits actually. I'll go on then. A uh, couple of solicit changes. Um, so Batgirl. 44, which is the, the mm-hmm. next one for the end of February, mm-hmm. um, is now part two of that story that we uh, read last time officially. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, it was actually meant to be a City of Bane aftermath uh, thing, which they've just scrapped, apparently. Um, this is the one that had the really cool cover, you know, with the, the, the buildings spelling out Gotham. Mm-hmm. Where's my uh, Where's my Larry David gif of him looking really sort of indecisive, but and like a sort of because i didn't like that that last issue but i don't really want to say a bane follow-up either so i guess it's a i'm breaking even with this news (laughs) yeah i'm the further we get from city of bane and you're the villain the happier i'm gonna be so that's fine Oh, I've got thoughts on Dear the Villain later. <laughs> oh, we'll get that. We'll get that. <laughs> yeah. We've got and, thoughts. Uh, another solicit change is uh, Wonder Woman 752 was originally going to be uh, an event Leviathan fallout, and now it's not anymore. Now it's just uh, a, a regular Wonder Woman issue. I mean, I guess we should be happy they're, they're doing less, yeah. like, you know, dragging these issues into yeah, these mm-hmm. other ongoing like, things. Look- I love when there's a big uh, actual event that, and there's tie-ins to it. it. It creates a bigger world. Like 
Triumphant Infinite Crisis or Final Crisis, right? But yeah. you don't need all of to read all of them for the story to make sense. These last couple just felt like they were tying in for the sake of it. Well, there weren't yeah. even events. That there were there were stories. There were just things yeah. in one book that somehow get treated like an event by having tie-ins, and it, it was very intrusive. And more on that later. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically it for for news. I have uh, one oh, no, more sorry. thing that is interesting. <laughs> no, no, this this one's interesting because it's something that we've talked about in the past that they should be doing, and uh... DC are finally doing it. They're going to advertise comics in the cinema with the new, you know, Birds of Prey movie. Um, so they've teamed up with their, Smart. they've teamed up with Regal, and they've got like a 15 second trailer for uh, Harley Quinn uh, Breaking Glass. You know the new, I think it's the, mm. the young adult yeah. one, um, and it's in front of a whole bunch of movies that are in the cinema now and over the next year, month or so. Presumably including Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, <laughs> or well, yeah. or Birds of Prey, the Emancipation yeah, yeah. of Fantabulous Harley Quinn Bollocks, whatever it's I mean, called. There's, there's a full list of movies that'll feature it. I'm not going to read it all out because it's like yeah. 25, 30 movies. I have to but... admit, I was kind of hoping when you said it's something we were hoping for. I was hoping you were going to say they were going to start doing recap pages. That's what my heart was okay. looking okay, for. I'm sorry, but this is something that in general <laughs> we've 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 talked about in the past, and it's something that they should be. No, doing. That, that, that's just good. Um, that's, that's just good. They're actually going slightly further. Is um, they've they're being given uh, Regal are being given seventy five thousand copies of a Birds of Prey special edition reprint of the Harley Quinn issue one uh, from twenty sixteen. Yeah, ex- yeah, I know, but they're just giving them away for free with the ticket uh, as a, as a way of just hey, you you come into the movie, here's a comic, and I think that's a smart thing. Say what you want. Yes, I know it's okay. This is pointing more towards it being a Harley Quinn movie, and yes, it is. I'm okay with that, but the idea of hey. They're here. They're interested in the movie. Just slap a comic in the hand. Maybe they'll read it, and maybe they'll look for more. That's not a terrible idea. I I, I don't think if you want to get someone to comics, you hand them Harley Quinn Rebirth. <laughs> it's a way to get them to want to read more comics. However, uh, it's a good. <laughs> I you know, like. I disagree with that entirely. Pete. You, I think you can... that the people who enjoy that movie, by the sounds of it, will enjoy that take on Harley Quinn a lot. And well, even not? if it'll get them go, oh hey, where's this place I can get more of these, and yeah. it'll head them to the well, shop. Like, yeah, that's that's well, good. One of the things that I've always said, and this is something when I, you know when I went to the theater in the city, the, the actual comic shop was like right around the corner from the theater, and I always thought it was weird that when comic movies came out, they didn't like I don't know maybe the comic shop would make an agreement with the theater to like you know hand out some leaflets or or you know or do, do some sort of offer or something I don't know so something yeah. to get them to go around the corner at the comic shop uh, after they've seen the movie. Um, but this is a, a, a national level deal uh, with a pretty big, you know, chain. Uh, th- this can only be a good thing, surely. And, yeah, and yeah, I, know, I know Pete and Matt really doesn't like that Harley Quinn or that issue, but that's not the point. The point is, yeah, it wasn't. My laugh came from Pete's rage. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, going to the movie that he doesn't want to say. Let's say he goes. I don't know if he has a regal over there. Um, it's my home theater over here. And someone giving it to him, and him just throwing a fit and going, "This isn't, this isn't a bird to prey." <laughs> like, yeah. but no, that's I'm they've fine. Given, they've given it a, a new cover. Um, it, it does still say Harley Quinn on it, but it's got some of the, you know, it's got the other movie characters just on the cover. It's a, it's a yeah. Joel Jones cover, so it looks <laughs> nice. <laughs> if I if I go to the theater and they hand me a Harley Quinn, um, you know, Connor and Palmiotti issue, I don't know what I'm going just to do with don't it. Don't be a dick and give it to someone else. Yeah, don't no, stick it in a charity shop. I'll be like, thank you for the toilet paper, and then I'll I'll walk off. It's it's the Parks and Rec where 
Ron eats the vegan bacon, but he doesn't. He just throws it in the trash. Goes, hmm, delicious. May I have more, please? And that's just Pete taking them and throwing them in the trash. You know. Um, I'll take the whole stack. There's also, there's also something yeah. here that um, I think it's uh, Landmark Cinemas uh, in in Canada. Uh, if the, if you buy a ticket with them between um, now and February 9th, so up till opening weekend, basically, uh, you will get a code for a. Uh, you know, for for a comicsology version. Yeah. Of, of the so oh, depending go. on on what theater you went to, uh, if you bought through Fandango, you would get a you know depend. I forget which one it was, but usually Marvel movies they they'd send you a download code for a free comic. You know, and you you'd, you know go to the site, download, read it. It wasn't anything like through comicsology or whatever, but it was a free. So them printing it out though, or giving this direct code. You know, cuts out a middleman. So that, that's good. Yeah, I think yeah. that's just a good do, idea. Do you know what they could do? This is not for new people. This is more for us. And I, I, I mean, we don't need this, right? I'm just throwing this out yeah. there for, for the fun of getting it. Because obviously we are locked in already. We don't, you know, we, you don't need to get us to buy comics. We're already doing it. But uh, for, do you know that like, Comicsology always do like a sale related to the movie that's out? Like, you know, right now, it's not a movie, but right now there's a Wonder Woman sale on Comicsology because of Wonder there'll, Woman there'll 750. Be a Birds of Prey one yeah. next week. There'll, there'll be a Birds of Prey. Probably, probably Birds of Prey and Harley Quinn, if I was to guess, honestly. Probably, uh, you'll yeah. probably get both of them. Like, what would be really cool for all of us is if, let's say you do the same thing there, we get a code, but what the code gives you is not a specific book. It's like, well, anything from the sale list, you can take one thing kind of thing. That, that could right, be a right. cool little gift to Limited us. Limited to a single issue. Yeah. Like, that'd be no, cool. I get that. I think in this context, though, uh, it works in the sense of, hey, here's an issue. You might like it because you like this movie, presumably. I, I'm not and, saying I need that. I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing out a, uh, an idea, yeah. something fun. They, they mention it'll have like ads for uh, recent comics as well as you know things from the the, you know, the the backlist that might be of interest. You know, as suggestions. Hey, if you like this comic, here are other things that you might want to check out. Uh, honestly, I think this is a great idea. Because I I, I often end up getting stuff from the sales. Not all of them, but like you know, when there's a, if there's a sale on for a specific character, I usually take the opportunity to. Yeah. You know, get a, that trade or two that I've I've not gotten around to. I do, I do hope this continues though. Like so, you know, when the Wonder Woman movie comes out later in the year, let's give them a a Wonder Woman issue one of some sort. Oh, give give mm-hmm. them give them a Rockers. Yeah, the year one. Uh, yeah, yeah. First issue of that. Give them that. Sure. Do, do that and do the same thing. Give it a new cover with whoever you want, and uh, you know, I I cannot see a problem with this. Uh, they sure they they have to. It, it depends how much it's cost them to, to print all the, the things and give them away. But if it gets in some fans, even a small percentage long term, the, the, the recoup costs are, you know, well positive. Uh, this, is, this is going further out there, but I'm just. <laughs> but what, what if. What if they actually sold a couple of. Tra- you know, not like a lot of. Tra- I'm not saying they turned cinema like, chains into comic shops, but like. You know how like, you go into like, like a GameStop and there'll be like a small rack of like trades and stuff like that? What if, like, literally, you went to see Wonder Woman 84 and there was a couple of Wonder Woman trades for sale just there at the counter and you could so, just go up and buy one? Funny funny you say that. When, when you know, Midnight Movies, you know, when the new Marvel film came out or whatever was still a big thing, there was a local shop that did that. Uh, oh, that's cool. Although the dude, yeah, the dude behind the table was a, a right prick. <laughs> and if you stood in front of his table, you're getting in the, the way of his business. I was like, yeah, I think that's more like local stores should go and approach a cinema and be like, hey, yeah. look, can I set up a stall for the evening? Or yeah. just on opening day, just, uh, you know, in the corner. We won't get in the way. And, you know, well, 
Well, this, they can always give them something in return. The, like, I mean, maybe maybe at the comic shop they'll do something for the theater. I don't know what it would be, some advertising yeah, or something. Yeah. Well, but... I know, like, I know my theater drops off free passes to certain movies. Like, that's how I got to see Jurassic Park for, and when it was released in 3D, mm-hmm. I got to go to an advanced screening of that in IMAX. So, well, it was through my comic shop. So, there, there's that relationship there. But, you know, this other stuff's worked on me before. Like, after I saw Ant-Man, I went to my comic shop and bought the, the Nick Spencer uh, trade. Yeah, it's pretty you good. Know? Yeah, I'm just so yeah. I just think so if, if it was out in the table for that first weekend. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking like so, some of the basics. You know, if it was Wonder Woman year one, maybe uh, you know a couple of other big notable stories, and just have it sitting there. Maybe volume one by Greg Rucker. Just just a, f- a few of the sort of starting yeah. places you could you know jump onto. Then new people could go, hey, you know what, I will. Um, and if there's someone there from a comic shop actually there to actually recommend and sort of like help yeah. you pick something, then great. But um, yeah. you know, just it's, it's in that way that Dark Knight, uh, like Batman Year One, Killing Joke, and Watchmen are always in every comic book like sort of rack in places that don't typically sell comic books. You know, it's always those yep. trades that are there on yep. the shelf. Um, yep. and if it's a Marvel yeah. book, it'll be Civil War or well, something like that. And, and you guys, cross promotion is something that they really need to get better in industry wide uh, comics. Yeah. You know, with with the popularity that these movies have while they have this popularity because there is an inevitable bust at some point yeah i think they should market it in a way that it would have it would appeal to me it's like you just be honest about it you say hey do you want to feel superior to everyone else who sees the movie do you want to feel like you're in the know and you can you know lodge your intelligent knowledge uh, over the others uh, why didn't they do that, why didn't the... they do that at joker <laughs> yeah. i don't know how it worked <laughs> I was gonna say uh the game of thrones readers <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I remember when the Red Wedding happened and they were like, oh, you don't even know. I was like, all right, you guys read a book. Good for you. I don't care. <laughs> so then when when the show got past the book part, that's where I'd go, ah, we're all on the same level now. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, you just pitch it's like, yeah, you can be in the know. You can be one of the, the elite, the exclusive, the, the I, know. You know what, though? I on. wish they did do that on Joker and that would cut down on the people that think it's a deep, meaningful movie and not just a remake of Scorsese films. So that, oh, that'd be nice. Spacey hot takes. Spacey hot takes. Yeah. We're out in our top 10s uh, of 2019 till March, but uh, I've got a funny feeling Joker's not going to be on that. So. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be on any of ours, let's be honest. Nah, it's not. No. Not even close. I, I, I'm, I'm it, terrified it to watch me. any more movies now from 2019 because I yeah. love everything in my top 10 and I'm like, I don't want anything to knock anything I'm, out. Even, I'm, even though the logic is, well, if it's better, it should be there, but I just, I, they all should be there. I'm not there yet. I've got a really good top five now, but I really want to... Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't there until like this past month. Mm. Nine out of my top well, ten. Yeah, you watched. Yeah, because you watched forty-five movies in January, bro. <laughs> yeah, I watched a lot. Uh, Forty-six and... when you count Uncut Gems. No, no, that was forty-five. That was, that was okay, 45. that was the forty-five. Well, I'll yeah. be watching that soon because we're going to review it. We're also going to review the farewell. So there's a couple that I want to get to that we're doing soon. But I. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's what it is. I just that movie angers me just because the. The amount of love it's getting, and it's a it's a, a mediocre film at best. <laughs> it, just, I'm, like, I'm trying to see where I have it on my list at the minute. It's it's not high. It's it's around forty. Out of what? <laughs> Under eighty. It's, it's, I'm in them somewhere in the seventies, seventy-seven. <laughs> so it's forty out of seventy-seven. Even I've not seen eighty movies from 2018 yeah. yet. Yeah, well. I've watched 44 of them in, in general. <laughs> That's probably I told, why. I told Ash how many movies you've been watching. She goes, did he get hurt at work and he can't work? What's going on? 
<laughs> yeah. So that's not normal, Connor. What am I? What am I? I'm just curious what I'm at for 2019. He's, he's annoyed that I'm ahead of him now. I'm at 67. Yeah, but how many of them are shitty horror films at the bottom? Doesn't matter. It's still a lot. Yeah, it's still a lot. I've got some movies. <laughs> that, my, my bottom movie on this is even a horror movie, so shut you. Is it Joker? Oh, I didn't either, actually. No, it's not Joker. what's your bottom movie? Oh, you've not seen this. This is the Fred Durst-directed film, The Fanatic, starring John Travolta. Yeah, well, that's where it belongs, though. (laughs) If you wanted to see a 60-year-old John Travolta pretend to be a mentally challenged nerd, uh, it's the movie for you. I kind of do now. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um... What's it even... say about me that Amazon Prime keeps recommending that to me? What does it say about me? Under the movies you might enjoy. You may be interested in this. But I will say this about The Fanatic, is that it has the most egregious, like, self-egotistical product placement I've ever seen. Because, as I said, Fred Durst directed this movie, right? Is it a, is it a red Yankees cap? No, there's a scene in this movie where Limp Biscuit starts playing the radio, and the dad to says, oh man, Limp Biscuit, this is jamming. Yeah, you ever, you're a fan of the limp, son? You're a fan of the limp? Ouch. The biscuit? <laughs> Ouch. I had forgotten limp biscuit existed. It was so cringeworthy. Hey, look. I want to go back to forgetting they exist. Hey, I, you know what? They were big when I was just the right age to actually like some of their songs. Not a lot of them, but some of them. They, they don't have... Alright, I don't say a lot of terrible songs. They have very terrible songs. There are some songs of theirs that are fine. Yes, I've got okay. a few good... I mean, their yes. Mission Impossible song's pretty jamming. Let's, let's, let's be it honest. Is. It, it is. It fits that. It's definitely 2002 in music. Oh, yeah. I like, mean, Mission Impossible 2 is a terrible movie, but that, that, that Biscuit yes. song's not bad. Shoot, that was 1999, wasn't it? terrible in music. Nah. Well, no. I would say... Mission Impossible... Uh, Mission Impossible 2 was like 2000. 2001-ish. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Also, that Metallica song rips on that album as well. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, um, yes, I yeah. So sixty-seven movies. I I do have a list of stuff that I want to get to before we get even close to top tens. Uh, some I of don't which... have mine counted, but I watched four in January. <laughs> yeah, but at least one of them was a fantastic film. Yeah, and one of them was the Art of Self Defense, and I'm mad that I spent time on that. <laughs> that is like such a not Matt film. No. And oh, I, 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 I like it, but I, I'm like, I'm watching this good. Yeah, Matt hates this Although, movie. It is worth mentioning. I said I'm happy with my top five now. Four of my top five I watched in January, just to sort of point out just how bad my top ten was before wow. this month. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I got, uh, I got my Kong spot resolved, so I'm happy. Yeah, I really want to know what it is. Uh, Have I seen it? I don't know. Have I seen it? Yes, Pete's definitely seen it. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. So, I think so it's going to be like a boomerang once I say it, and you're going to go, oh, we sh- should have this figured out from the beginning. I've got a guess, but I don't, I don't want to yeah. guess out loud. Like, I, I want to kind of hold it and see if I'm right when the time comes. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll be doing this in early March. Yeah. yeah. I, which means I have, there's like three that I really need to uh, watch before that time so I, i'm glad i have this time what, what are the three what are the three you're trying to get to uh, uh parasite under the silver lake and at astra and they're all over two hours which is uh, under the silver lake 2019 
you said it counted. Did I? Okay, if I, if I said it counted, I, I, I stand by it. Yeah. I thought it was 2018. I think it technically is, but I, I've grown yeah. softer when it comes to like movies not really becoming available to oh. everyone until... If, if that's the case, two hours and 26 minutes of it can wait, Pete. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just... Um, Nah, you should. I you got should, a feeling. You should watch Parasite. Uh, yeah, Parasite. I'm going absolutely. To it. Yeah. I, I was gonna watch it last night, but it was hockey catch up on the EW with yeah, Parasite, yeah. and 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 the sports went out. So um, yeah. I'll get to it now that it, I know we have until March. Yeah, and Parasite's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a little over two hours, but it's not like super long. It's not. No, that's it's what like I mean. Yeah. Like that, and it? and same with same with Ad Astra. It's about two hours and two. Mm. Um, so, but. Uh, there's a couple others, but if I don't get to them, it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to make my top ten better, so I've got, I've got a bunch that I want to get to. Connor knows a few of them because we're going to do a couple of them as in Foxy's. Yeah, I uh, my problem with my top ten is they're all very mainstream, and that's not typically. I have one or two small. What year is it? I, I'm asking. <laughs> I'm genuinely asking because it's the case every year. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, no. I have some things that are mainstream. Some that are like yeah. like I don't think I'm spoiling. Say parasites in my top ten. Given yeah. if, if you watched our review, it's pretty clear I loved it. Um, is is that like it's mainstream in film in film circles? I guess. Yeah, I would I would call that mainstream because what Matt's saying is he's he's got like Marvel movies and he's got like yeah, I, I've like got that. I've got a couple of things that fall into that kind of. Let side me see what it. last year was, so I can just check. Also, Letterbox today is all black and white because of the black and white release of Parasite, and I don't like it. It look, it's just I'm, I'm used to the colours. I'm used to my green and my black, and and I, I don't know. It's just throwing me off looking at it. It's a bit odd. That's a bit odd. I did watch a lot yeah. of movies this month, but they weren't all new 2019 movies. There was a lot of those, but um. So so while mine were all kind of bigger movies, there were still some in last year that that were smaller you know like a simple favor and uh mm. that surf documentary i threw in there as a gimmick <laughs> as a gimmick <laughs> won't be doing that again um, um so I, I watched a bunch of 70 sci-fi this month because criterion had like a thing on like a month themed on um and I, i'm going to warn you now we watched i watched a movie called no blade of grass and it's like a post-apocalyptic thing, you know, climate change and pollution's kind of wrecked everything. So it's kind of the start of a post-apocalyptic sort of period, right? And that's family traveling, right? Uh, the movie's just okay. It has a, it's definitely got some... I mean, there's definitely some themes that were consistent in the 70s, I'll tell you that, having watched a bunch of these back-to-back. But I will say this. I wish I knew something before I watched this. That movie has actual footage of a, a childbirth in it. And I did not know what was happening. It was it was a really pointless flashback scene as well. It didn't need to be there. And it cut to just a shot of like, oh my god, is that actually a head coming out of a vagina? And it was. And I, I assumed it was a prosthetic. I assumed they'd done something to do this as an effect and found out after the fact that the director went to hospital and basically paid a couple to film the, the real birth, the, the real childbirth. Oh boy. Hey, and if in like, doubt, just, uh, just go and do the real thing. <laughs> Yeah. It's so unnecessary. It's not even a, it's not even a movie about yeah. that. It's just. He's uh, clearly never seen that before. Well, no, that's every every what, time. Chel- what, actual up, what actual chill? But actual chill? But no, I've not seen actual chill birth from that angle right. before. Colleague of mine decided to show us all her C-section a few weeks ago. Just, just because she's got a video of it, and we were just like, okay, why? Why would you watch that? No, thank you. Yeah. Look, I, I, I just. That's, that's, 
don't know, man. I just that scene from Knocked Up where Jay Baruchel goes in there to help, and he walks out and goes, "Shouldn't have gone in there, man." That's, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, if you're in the room, you stay above the the pelvis, right? You stay you stay in that side of the yeah. bed. Only <laughs> the doctor no needs way. to see that part. <laughs> no way, we're getting Dutch angles on this. <laughs> Anyways, we're uh, talking comics, not live childbirth. Yes, we're not, but it's just... It, it, the 70s like yeah, yeah, the 70s is a weird time for films, because one of the shows I listened to, there was a movie set out in Australia, I forget the name of it, and, and the guy that, that directed it is a vegan, and he went out with, with kangaroo hunters and filmed how they actually do it, and it's very visceral. Um, I don't think you get away with that nowadays, you know? Like, live yeah, childbirth. Presumably yeah. wasn't called a vegan at the time, though, because vegan, like, as a word, I don't think existed. Oh, no, probably. no, he was. He was on the vanguard, I guess, from this guy. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't the diet base. It was the let's treat animals as equals base of veganism. Oh, sure. You know? Um, so, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I'm sure it wasn't vegan. I'm sure it was called, like, vegetarian plus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but still. Um, that, that's what they called veganism before before we had a word for it. It was vegetarian, like, uh, gold. You know, it was, it, was, it was like, you know, where you get a subscription to something and they've got the, the, you've got the platinum version. <laughs> that's, that's what veganism vegetarian was. Vegetarian pro. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so it was from, from what the guy was saying, it was really brutal. He'll never not forget that film for that reason. So, um, but yeah, the 70s. Crazy, crazy times. Yeah, mm-hmm. they love to show their bush. That's all I'm saying. There was a lot of bush in the seventies. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> so we should we should uh, move on to some uh, questions, shouldn't we? We should do some yeah, do some questions. Uh, so we got some on Twitter. Got a few emails. Uh, I mean, the emails are actually from the same person, believe it or not. So I think we'll start there. Uh, <laughs> well, it like he sent a new one uh, uh, this week when I asked for some, but there was actually a couple that it just sent randomly over the last few weeks that I was I just saved up for. You know, when we need some questions, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so this is from Emil. Um, so, uh, f- firstly, I want to say sorry to Matt. This question may not be for him, haha. But if you could turn any comic book character and storyline into a video game, which would it be? I personally think that an action adventure exploration game, sort of like Uncharted, with Hawkman could be cool since you could go into new and strange places with each rebirth. Uh, I wish I could come up with a Nightwing game, but I can't think of something that would just be an Arkham game uh, with Nightwing skin over it. Yeah. Um, that Hawkman one was my answer. So, boom. <laughs> I like them apples. Hey, Matt's been played a couple of video games in the last year or so, yeah. so he's, he's not completely out of the loop now. Yeah, I, I played yeah. two. Um, I played I, Spider-Man said... and Three Quarters of Fallen Order. Hey, I'll get back to is great. Yeah, I don't know about storyline per se, but I, I think after if you go back and play one of the early PS4 games, Infamous First Light, one of the superpowers in that was super speed, and it made me want a flash game. Running around the city in that was like, oh, you, we can totally have a flash game with this this mechanic. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that's fine. I think we've, we've probably spun at this point. I want a Wonder Woman game in the vein of the the recent God of War. Mm, no, yeah. that'd work. That'd work. So good. Same, same with Thor. Like you could, you could easily just if you want to do Thor instead, you could do Thor. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I just they I just could, one because we're a DC show, but yeah. Whatever. No, they no. could do the the God Butcher Thor game, and I'm here for that because him him using lightning and, and Mjolnir against the the Necro Sword, all black. 
That'd be dope. Yeah. I tell you what I want. I want an XCOM style game where the whole idea is is that you're in charge of the Justice League. So you have to build the team out and you have to build the watchtower. And I feel you send... like I'd prefer to, in that scenario, be like Amanda Waller and you're doing like Checkmate and Suicide Squad. Oh, and you're those okay, sort of all right, yeah. Well, maybe the game has both. Maybe you pick sides. Maybe it's like Command and Conquer where you can pick mm. pick what faction you're in. Wait, but... is that what XCOM's like? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like Command and Conquer? I play a lot of Command it's and not, Conquer. It's not, it's not exactly Command and Conquer, but it's a, it's a turn-based strategy game where you have, like, right. say, four soldiers and there's aliens that you have to fight, right? So each uh-huh. turn, each character you have gets to make one move and take one shot or one other special ability that right. they may have. So it's a strategic game. of it's, it's, So it's kind of like a, a gotcha. board game, but like with more in-depth gotcha. stuff going on. I love it. I love XCOM. It is uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's all very tactical. But I'd love a tactical game, and I'm, I'm just thinking, like, you know, uh, like it's almost like you're Batman, like being in charge of it, building the Justice League out. Except Batman will still be on the team because why wouldn't he be? Um, yeah, you'd, you'd play it. You'd more likely to be like your, your Oracle or something. Yeah, yeah, Oracle's maybe a better thing to say you are. I, I'm just trying to think of something that's a different genre than you know either a third-person adventure game or you know something like that. Yeah, because those are the really easy choices, and you know, you know, the, the, that and fighting games are the obvious things to do. But I mean, we're not yeah. really into fighting games that much here. Nah, not particularly. I used to I used to be really into Tekken up until about PlayStation Three, and then that's when I, when I stopped playing video games. But yeah, um, I'm trying to think, what are some other game types that are out there? I had a discussion with some of my friends at the comic shop on Wednesday that was similar to this about the the different kinds of I mean, and all the different kinds of indie games that are out there right now that are you know you buy for like five bucks on Steam. Yeah, they I don't know. like them. <sighs> five bucks i know this is like a yeah. million miles away of like say the uncharted idea but i think comparing it more to tomb raider and saying like a, a green arrow game you know with a bone arrow john that just crossed my head and i thought yeah i'm not gonna because it's, it's too similar to the uncharted i mean but, it is I mean, similar but like you know yeah. you can you know do something though, with it that XCOM idea but with the green lantern core that would work really well okay there you go because you said like you said like aliens and then each each of the different green lantern you know have, have a different ability Based on you know where they're from, what sector, or whatever, so that'd be cool. You to play a Salik. That would work really well with the XCOM because the, the whole thing with XCOM is when your character dies, they die. They don't come back. Right. But you can just right the ring goes off to find a replacement. Yeah, exactly. yeah it actually works. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's upsetting. Well, let's edit this it... out and send this to a video game developer. Because right? <laughs> because obviously you do get upset though because if they've leveled up and they've got a lot of cool abilities, you lose all those abilities that they've they've accumulated. Yeah, so yeah. there's but a it, sadness it, it to it. A, but... Using the Green Lands has a built-in mechanic to yeah. recruit more. So uh, when they, when they sounds die. like Pokemon in that where you level this this thing up and then if it dies, you're just you can't revive it though. Like it, it's I, I suppose, I, I suppose that part's true. Uh, what's the what's the base building element though in Green? If it's a Green Lantern game, you, you have Oa and you're just like building out like rooms that give no, you benefits or, and stuff. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's, yeah. Um, I'm not sure on that since I've never played XCOM, but I was just saying, I, I thought with the Green Lanterns that they're each different, and then and then that's you could also, you know, have expansion based off of that too. Yeah, I do like that. That you, your, your classes are essentially just yeah. Okay, this race is this class and whatever. Right. Yeah, I could see that. And then the expansion, because obviously it's come to add, but the big war of the chosen expansion. The expansion is here's the other cores. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that could be, be cool. fun. Be fun. Uh, I want this now, Dan. Yeah, I, I want this now. Too, yeah. Actually, modders, <laughs> totally modders, do your magic. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I've put a lot of DC characters into my XCOM 2 game because you, you can name all your troops, so I've got everyone... Customise them so they look like... As I, yeah. I used to do that with uh, NFL Street and I had a team <laughs> and uh, Wally West is my dude. Untouchable. It's great. That's uh, it's good stuff. Um, I, as for all else, because, you know, obviously a big the genre is a first-person shooter, but I can't necessarily even think of which character would be yeah, applicable for that. I, I guess it'd have to be someone a bit more villainous, like, like a Deadshot or something like that, because no, no one else is really... Deathstroke. Uh, yeah, Deathstroke, yeah. yeah. You get a sword, too. Yeah, that could work. I wonder if people have done that, if if they've done mods. I know they do mods to those first-person shooters. Mm. So, like, you have Call of Duty, but you're going up against uh, Deathstroke. Right. Yeah. And before before you know it, he's using a sword on your I, head. And yeah. In in that circumstance, it's more almost like uh, Gotham Central esque. You're just a soldier, but you're going yeah. up against Deathstroke and Deadshot and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, rather than you playing as kind of, yeah, that's kind of like Battlefront, right? I've never played Battlefront, but that's kind of where you're you're playing as a an officer, and you encounter these hero figures. Yeah. You know, whether it's Vader or, yeah, yeah. you know, whoever. Yeah, yeah, most of the time you're playing as a random trooper. Yeah. Mm. So, all right, next question. I was just looking up at my games to see if any, any yes, bright ideas would jump out at me. Um, I don't know, maybe a Super Suns platformer? I'd be down for it, yeah. What, yeah. what does this platformer mean? Like uh, Mario. Like Mario and oh, stuff like that. Yeah. So jumping and stuff. Side scroll, side scrolling, yeah. yeah. There's there's, I, there's actually how... some some really strong platformers that are b- b- based around having two characters and having to do use both characters at the same time, mm. and you know they've got like different complementary abilities. You got to work through the puzzles. Uh, I could see Super Sons working well in that regard. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. I forget what it was called, but there was a Viking game for PlayStation that was similar to that, where you had three of the, these different Vikings and each had a different ability, and you had to navigate through the world, but only one's going certain so like one had like a mechanical hand that and he could like shoot across distances <laughs> and stuff viking. well no it was viking themed where you yeah, know sure. viking like steampunk <laughs> what was that <laughs> it was fun i liked it all right so also from emil this is questions that he said this week um so first up uh what character could be dc marvel movies tv whatever you know, whatever we feel like, uh, has the coolest and best design. Uh, I feel like criteria for a good design are open to interpretation, so maybe you like the look, maybe there's a story behind the design, maybe there's some sort of functionality or whatever you find relevant. So opening this up to all types of characters, not just DC, that's, really... That's too wide. It opens the doors. But at the same time, I almost feel like superheroes are really boring to, to do this with because I feel like superheroes, simple's better, and whenever they try to make it too complex, it just falls apart. Uh, so I'm going to say... I love the design of the Xenomorph. HR Giger did a great job. <laughs> yeah? It was yeah, great. I mean, yeah, it's hard to fault that. Yeah, that's, that's my pick. Oh, the Terminator. There's something, there's something so simple about that metal skeleton with the red eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's what we fear about machines. Yeah. That they are going to take over for us. And it's personified because it's just one of us, you know, uh... That's, yeah, that's what I like so, about um, Cybermen from Doctor Who, where it's 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 really fully humanoid and it's just this you know metal casing, but then you've got like the, the handles on the top. Yeah. Or the just... much better version of that, the Borg from Star Trek. 
no. Yeah, but the Cybermen pretty <laughs> by, by a significant amount. They do, yeah. but the, the the Cybermen look goofy as shit, so I'm not I'm not on board with yeah, this. That's, that's part of the charm. <laughs> I mean, it depends which Cybermen you're looking at. I, suppose. The I remember watching those Cybermen. Sure, those are goofy. Even the ones from the new series don't look goofy. No, they don't. They do. They look cheap. Jeez, I remember watching the Eccleston Doctor Who with my dad. We came across it on the Sci-Fi Channel, and he had never seen Doctor Who. I'd never seen it, and at the end, what the Daleks revealed to be. Oh, the episode, the, he was yeah. like, and he's like, that's what's in there. I got excited. I was like, oh, that's a great concept. Yeah. And he was not so. He was like, this is oh. dumb. I did, uh, yeah, I just thought my perfect one. The shape, Michael Myers, Halloween. Uh, simple. So wait, what's this exact question? <laughs> like, what design of which character has the coolest and our best design? So just design. So basically, the look. Yeah. Well, it would be a shock that I say Indiana Jones. Natanic, well, that's more costuming Natanic, than design. Isn't it? No, if he cuts a certain silhouette, I would say that's a design, right? I can see that argument. So you, yeah, yeah, you get the the indie look of the which I have I have tried to take that picture in my hat. It would, times it would be it like it'd be like out. if although uh, like I can see what Carter's saying though that it is it's leaning more towards just a costume as opposed to like an actual design. Yeah. But like certainly on the other end of the spectrum, if you just said John McClane, I like that white vest look, I'm like, no, that's a costume. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what he's wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Because <laughs> I'm saying if you put Indy in a silhouette, it's similar to Batman. I, I think that, it's right? it's a lot more borderline in as opposed to you know like, like he was just saying, you know, McClane, you know, yeah. sure, that's definitely yeah. costume. And this I could I can see where you're coming from. In my head, it's still a costume, but it's it's closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. I hate Star Wars designs. Everything's too round. Yeah, there's cool creature designs in there and whatnot. Like, you know, or maybe I'm just partial to Wampa because it's just a Yeti on a snow planet. You know, <laughs> she love the Wampa. Yeah, I love the Wampa. <laughs> Tauntauns. I, I love the idea. If why? you say it was just a Yeti, Pete would have been like, "What the hell's a Wampa?" Well, yeah, yeah um, Wampa sounds like a knockoff Whopper from Burger King. Like you went to like you know Burger Prince and they sell Wampas. Isn't that the name of the 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 not apples that Crash Bandicoot eats? No. Uh, the... I don't think so. I, I feel like wrong. they're called wampas, like wampa fruit, but maybe I'm wrong. It's got to be that? something along those lines. But, uh, no, oh, yeah, I like the wampa. The wampas are cool. That's on the case. I really want to know. That's on the case. Here's, a, here's the next question in the meantime. Uh, has a story or character ever motivated you in real life situations? Personal, personally, Nightwing as a character has motivated me to be better and that I think about what he would do if I do feel like working out or if I f- being a shitty friend then I legitimately try to think of what he would do and then follow that course of action. Um, I don't know if I have... I don't Real quick, oh, yeah. I hate to say this, but Connor's correct. It's Wumpa Fruit. I hate to hear you say it, Matt. I uh, ha- I, I, Wumpa, I Wumpa, that's pretty close. Wumpa. I, I could not remember what they were called. That's why uh, I'm actually shocked that's what they're called. Um, yeah. So anyways, sorry to interject there, Pete, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, Matt's going to say Superman, obviously, because this is... Well, no, I'm I, <laughs> surprised her that anytime I ride a roller coaster that's a bit too intense for me, I, I do recite the Green Lantern Oath. <laughs> it, it helps. It's almost like a, a mantra because it, it fits, you know, there's a rhythm to it. I don't... With the rhyme. I don't think I have any one character that I ever, like, look to to, to be better. I think... 
in general over all the fiction that i have consumed over my life they have collectively helped me be better i don't think there's anyone that i actually think about specifically and go oh uh you know what would this character do or whatever yeah no superman does factor in when you know when or or in a negative way when i get mad my wife will say stop acting like the hulk you know oh sure i wonder i I wonder what i mean like Emil, are you going through a really bad time right now because you're you're doing recreation things? Don't do recreation things. You, yeah, can, you can ignore it for the time being. <laughs> yeah. well, so I, I could probably say like generally, sure, but no, nothing specific yeah. for me. No. No. Uh, but weirdly for me, more it's it's wrestlers, just because. <laughs> I don't know if it's, yeah, like, like. Is, is this where I need to whip up the meme again? No, it's just like you know. What would I say? An a hole. <laughs> You know, would CM Punk say this? If so, say it. We're gonna make a point. What would you know? Isaac Yankum do in this situation? I wonder. Yeah, well, he well, we know Kane would burn things. And I, I, that's his answer to everything. I, I just think Britt Baker and Isaac Yankum should team up and be like a mixed yeah. tag team for oh, a while. God, we'll get to this later. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got comments. We've got comments. All right. She, yeah, my my mother-in-law was cooking during that promo last night. She got legit <laughs> angered at Britt Baker. <laughs> Yeah, she got worked. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's go over to your Twitter questions. Thanks, Daniel, for those uh, email questions. So remember, yeah. mftvquestions at gmail.com are always open to send in questions. If not for this show, then for other shows we do. Just put in the subject header what the show's, show is you're asking questions about, and we'll use them when uh, the next time is applicable. So, uh, But of course, we also ask for questions at DC Comics Podcast on the Twitters uh, this week. Uh, so number one here from uh, Riss1980. Uh, does your gut tell you that Johns, Bendis, and Snyder are opposing forces or truly working in unison? This is a loaded question. <laughs> I have an answer. No. Yes. Yeah. None of the above. I, yeah. I think they all have their own ideas that they are passionate about, and then the, it's up to the editors to try and make that work. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm kind of along that lines. I, I think it's... I don't think they're uh, opposing. I, I I think they all respect what each other are doing. I think the problem is is that the editorial have given them all too much power at the same time, and as a result, we're in this mess of things not really making sense. More on that when we talk about Justice League later. But um, yeah. I think yeah. that's where we are. But I, I blame editorial, not any of them individually. Because, of course, yeah. hey, they've got their ideas, and they've been told, yeah, go for it, write that idea. Why wouldn't they? And don't get me wrong, I have a hierarchy here in terms of who I'd want to be the one making the choices. John's, sure, but that's John, irrelevant. You know, John's but... being taught, Ben has been second, Snyder mm-hmm. being third, but I don't blame any of them for the mess we're in in terms of things not yeah, jiving. I, I don't think they're, they're opposing by circumstance in the sense of they have contradictory ideas, but not not maliciously. I don't think they're but, like, oh, I'm going to undo what that guy did. Let's see. <clears throat> I don't believe that with, with John's, because I feel like John's is a, a step above because... This is, you know, we know what Johns wants to do, and I don't feel like anything that Bendis or Snyder has done undoes anything in Doomsday Clock, right? Well, like that it all was actually kind of something in, in, I think it was just a slate that, that canonizes a moment of Doomsday Clock. Yeah. yeah we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah. We'll get so, to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but with Bendis and Snyder, I think you guys are absolutely correct that it's up to editorial, but Bendis is kind of over here working in his section, and all that stuff works, right? With Naomi showing up. In, in it's very consistent uh, with yeah, it. Just super written, yeah. And then the stuff that Snyder's doing, I feel like he's doing his own thing. Um, so it always feels so different. Like the 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 characters that in Justice League feel like they're in a different set of circumstances than what else is going on. Like 
that Barry isn't the same Barry in Flash that he is in Justice League, almost, you know? No, and that is that is editorial's fault, frankly. Yep, so yep. That, that's up to them to then resolve this and figure out what's the way to make this work. Do we not need to do this story in Justice League, or do we need to do something yep. different in the Flash book? Um, yep. In theory, Snyder is above Williamson in the hierarchy right now. So, yeah. in theory, his book should take precedent, and Williamson right. should be told to do something different, as much as that sounds shit, right? Yeah. That's that's how it At works. the same time, though, I, I don't know if I necessarily like the idea that whoever's writing Justice League has kind of a say over all it's, those characters. Uh, because, you know, we always think of the Batman writer being the one who's in charge of all the Bat books, right? And leading that charge. Yeah, right. And I actually don't think that Justice League get, gets to override Batman. I, I feel like Batman and Superman are the, the two that well, their main book gets to override Justice League. That's why I specifically said it's Snyder above Williamson, yeah. not Justice League above Flash. If right. if Snyder was on the Flash book and Williamson was on Justice League, I'd be saying, okay, well, Justice League no, needs to write yeah. around the Flash character. In yeah, that, that makes well, sense. Look, look when Morrison was on Batman and, and how when the book's tied in, how effortless that was, though. So, mm. you know, like when you had the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul and it went through all the Bat books at the yeah, time. I think, well, I think that's know? the thing, because the, the Bat books are often edited by the same couple of people right there's yeah. the editorial team so it's really yep. consistent within its own thing same with superman it's okay but then justice league is probably a completely separate yeah. editor from flash or from I batman just... so there's, there's not they need someone above the group editors to kind of bring them all into line yeah i think and i don't know because i wasn't reading comics at this time but like when morrison was writing justice league was that considered a, a flagship when it was Justice league of america i think so because i, I, I don't think was... i like the idea I don't like. I don't think I like the idea of the flagship being like Justice League, where this is the book that kind of drives stuff going forward. Yeah, because I, these are all characters from different aspects, and I feel like that's what the point of events in my brain, at least, yeah. are for. Hey, I, 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 I've said this before. Like, I don't necessarily think Justice League should be an ongoing thing. I think Justice League is what each event technically is. You know, you, you, every time there's an event, that's a Justice League thing. No, I mean, oh, I'm, not, like, I'm not saying you can't have other events with smaller you know, well, characters or whatever, but I'm just saying because like. Over over at Marvel right now, Jason Aaron's doing Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. And that Avengers book, I'm not reading anything else oh, really. Oh, yeah. This is a mess in, in terms realm. of the continuity of the wider universe. Yeah, because from what I, I still haven't read Thor, but from what I understand of Thor, this is not the same Thor that's also fighting a brood infection in Aaron's Avengers. No. You know? uh, Aaron's Thor in Avengers is very much still kind of the Thor that we had yeah. before War of the Realms is, is kind of what right. that Thor feels like. Right. As opposed to the you know the the Herald stuff going on, Tony Stark right. is still Tony Stark. In, uh, uh-huh. He is Iron Man, not Arno. I think that, that whatever that's going I on. See again, I don't know. So yeah. but that's my thing. But I also don't feel like Avengers is the flagship book. I feel this is the team adventure book, right? Yeah. And they're just like yeah. Aaron tell his big grand, you know, uh, Marvel one million story that that's currently ongoing. Um, you know, and he's doing stuff that that's, you know, I feel it's a little bit, oh, who would I compare it to? Just the way that he's going through, it is kind of Bendis-y in that, where each of these arcs has been about a different Avenger. Mm. Yeah. You know, like we have the Ghost Rider, and now we have the Starbrand one, and what it, that's going to be going it, forward. It, here's the thing is, I don't think Justice League is the flagship, but I think you know, we've got Venditti coming on, and it seems to be doing some smaller Not stuff. Not anymore. And- 
but it has but it, no it definitely but was it, though when Snyder started that book it was the flagship yep. for these past couple of well, years yes and it was, I, I don't think that's because it was just I think that's because oh this is the Snyder book doing that story and it, you know in the same way that when it was in New 52 it was oh. the John's book no I, I agree with what you're saying but the thing is is that what I'm saying is it doesn't matter who's writing that having just sleep be the flagship I right. think is a mistake because yeah it, it kind of like having having a lots of these other solo books which arguably are I mean Batman and Superman uh definitely and often some of the other ones too are bigger than justice league in terms of book sales in terms of you know importance in terms of all these things so having the team book because let's be honest here the, the fun of justice league and the fun of like crossovers and the fun of team-ups is that you want yet to see all these different characters come together from these other sources right who are all standalone mm-hmm. so having the team book kind of dictate what they all are is kind of against the, the fabric of what started the idea of bringing them all together in the first place um and it leads us to this place where none of these solo books kind of match up with what the, the team book's doing. Um, and I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it being different. I have no problem with just saying in my head, because you have to do this all the time with comics because there's multiple mm-hmm. Bat books, because there's multiple Superman books, where you say, okay, well, this arc just takes place before the, this arc in the other book. You know, it's, they're not running concurrently. The problem right now with you're the villain is that they have definitively pointed out how much this is all running in sync. And we'll talk about that properly when we get to Justice League. But... That's the that's the thing. Yeah, and again, yeah. this is an editorial problem. Yes, where well, you know, if 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 that year of the villain stuff, or more specifically the Doom Signal, because I think we we can talk about year of the villain as its own you know event, uh, Hell Arisen separately. Yeah. Um, but the the Doom Signal, if that just stays in Justice League and is never mentioned in any other books, there's no problems. It's fine. Yeah. We just go, oh, right. this happens in between various arcs in respective right. books wherever it happens to. But form. the fact that they try to brand it as this year of the villain tie in here's the, and, the way, they added those pages to batman that were completely useless yeah by the way someone i don't know what issue was it may have been justice league but this week someone actually called it the year of the villain and i'm like what <laughs> don't do uh, that this is batman's zero year over again just, don't call it the name of the book <laughs> i just i remember when the new 52 started they made a big deal about making justice league under john's the flagship book yeah and everything that had happened and when you're doing the new 52 that made sense because it was a fresh start but like when they when they did Rebirth, that Justice League book definitely did not feel like a flagship. I, I it think, just felt like another book. I, I think that's the thing is that we seem to be in, in and out of phases, but they, they definitely seem to want to make it the flagship book more often than not since the start of New Fifty Two. Because with Johns for the entire run, it was the flagship book. Yeah, um, right. And then obviously Rebirth, it was kind of weird because we got this kind of like, oh, this is just kind of a nothing book right now. We had Hitch for like two years yeah. and it was like, that was yep. definitely, they didn't even try and pretend that was a flagship no, book. No, they didn't. And to be fair, no. that's fine. If you want to just do some fun, rompy stories and, you know, I mean, we didn't like that book, but it could have been and well written. You know, it could have been. Yeah, but that, that's why I'm looking forward to Venditti now is I just want fun, romp books or a fun, romp book with the Justice League where these and, characters yeah. come together. I feel have like that's a what joint we're adventure. getting from Venditti up until we get the next Snyder thing event. Yes, yeah. more. So we'll talk about that properly when we get to. Uh, yeah. So we'll um, move, so we'll move on from this question because I, I think a lot okay. of this is going to end up bleeding into uh, what we talk about with Justice League Thirty Nine anyway. So, uh, so we'll move on. Uh, so from at talking Superman, the rascal that he is, who's always popping up. Uh, are there any characters you wouldn't mind or think could benefit from being in a movie, but with a different personality, a la Cassandra Kane, as is what seems to be the case uh, coming up? My answer to this is actually that. Kind of, but I don't know if it's any characters that I care about could do this. The example I'll give you, even though I didn't really read any of it beforehand, but everything I've tried to read since, you know, after the fact, um, has told me that this is kind of what happened with Iron Man, and that 
Iron Man got personality and got, got charm in a way that he never had in the comics. And whenever I've tried to read Iron Man in the comics, he's been really bland and I've just not enjoyed reading yeah. that. You take Robert Downey Jr. away from that that character yeah. and it's just it's dull. And I think well, my answer to this would be that if there's a character that I don't care about or I don't like, I think it, it's possible that this works in the sense that whatever they change or add to the character is what will make me like the character. And that, that'll be like a successful yeah. example of this. I think when I already care about the character and love them for who they are, it becomes more of a, a challenging prospect. Well, no, I don't want them to change because that's why I like them, you know? Yeah, I'm the same way because it's like Iron Fist, right? Another Marvel example. Mm. That is not what I like about Iron Fist whatsoever. <laughs> I, I didn't attach to the fact that he was a rich kid coming back to reclaim his birthright. My version of Iron Fist was always he was a rich kid that got away from that, realized it was all BS, and now he's having to tolerate it, you know, because of who he is. And that show completely whiffed on that. He's the you immortal know, so, Iron Fist, Matt. He's the sworn enemy yeah. of the Hand. Yeah. I don't care. I don't like, oh, I want them to change this character. I haven't got like a preference. But if the end result is good and I enjoy it, I'm not, I don't mind really. Like, you know, like Iron Fist there, if that happened to actually be good, I wouldn't have cared that that was different. I know, um, maybe. But to me, then it's not Iron Fist. Then just do your own thing. You know what I mean? Like, at that point, just... Yeah. It's frustrating, because you know? I, I think there's some fundamentals with any character that, you know, unless they're a dull character that you're trying to improve because they're just they're, right. they're lacking something, sure. um, like, that if you change, even if it ends up good, it's still going to fundamentally not... And uh, This is not a character, but this is, this is the perfect example I can think of for me, is uh, Resident Evil 4, right? Is a 10 out of 10, one of the best games of all time. It is a fantastic action game. But it is not Resident Evil. It changed what it was to be what it is. And I love it, but I don't love it as a Resident Evil game. It's not Resident Evil. Um, and I was mad at it for a long time for killing my genre. Um, well, that's not the same thing. Well, I mean, but this is... No, no, I get it. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I agree there should be some recognizability. Like, um, just to go back to Iron Fist, because that's what that, You know, that thing that we're, we're changing there, I think there's still enough to recognize as Iron Fist. You know, he he has the glowing hand and there's some uh, you sure. know, little bits there that I go sure this is uh, it's different but I I see why this is Iron Fist it's it's bad sure. Matt, 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 make 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 uh, uh, I just caught, I think, it, caught it before you start saying that <laughs> yeah I think Cassandra Kane is is probably going to be much worse than that in that regard in that it's probably not yeah. recognizable it's just what I attached myself to with Iron Fist wasn't what was delivered you know on that show versus you know Daredevil I think they pretty nailed Matt Murdock. On that, on that series. Yeah, I think my, my fear when it comes to stuff like this, um, I, I think sometimes gets misconstrued because, you know, when I say I'm scared of, like, you know, the normal stinkiness is what Cassandra Kane is, it's not so much that I really care about normal stinking that. It's more about once it becomes the standard for a while, it it, it becomes what they try to do for, for, you know, for a period of time before eventually they revert back to what the original mm -hmm. character was. And we end up having to go through a period where, well, it's... you know, not that I expect the yeah. comics in this case will, will duplicate what the movie's doing, but, you know... Uh, like, although, uh, DC has uh, traditionally been a lot better at holding back on that. Well, say I was just going to say, this is the... it's What happened with Super Friends and Aquaman, right? Everyone has a negative, mm. you know, thing uh, take on Aquaman because of what Super Friends did, you know, and, and it, it's it haunts them to this day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I remember when the movie came out and people were like, what, is this going to be a movie of him talking to fish? 
Yeah, you and know? Uh, just to be so, clear, I'm not talking specifically about affecting the comics because I don't even think that happens that much. No, but um, but it's the same kind of idea, right? Where yeah. This is this is the public perception but, now, because and that's it, not what it should be. Yeah, because my 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 the concern is that it's not so much that it's even even if this movie bombs, and I don't necessarily think it will, but let's say the movie bombs, right? It's the same reason why you're pissed that even the bad Green Lantern movie exists, because it yeah. means we don't get a Green Lantern movie that's even a, another attempt at being good again for a while. So I'm worried that we don't get a proper attempt at Cassandra Cain now for at least five years, maybe a decade, because. You know, like, well, let's be honest though. What were the odds of you getting a proper attempt at Cassandra Kane within a decade yeah. anyway? No, but it's, it's not a best thing. It was better than it was before now. Now, now that there's one that's wrong, uh, no. the, chan- the chances of me getting a good one is now absurdly. It's next here's, to zero. Here's, here's where I fundamentally disagree on that. Cassandra Kane only exists in this movie because of Margot Robbie. This, the, any of the Birds of Prey, beyond it just being a Harley Quinn movie, exists. Because she was like, let's get more no, people involved. You're right, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the chances of getting a good Cassandra Kane in the next 10 years was, even if it was about 0.1%, was higher than getting this version now makes it. This version existing now means that the chances of getting another attempt at her at any time in the next 10, even 20 years is now fundamentally lower because she exists. I, I'm going to disagree and give you one key example as to why I disagree. Okay. Deadpool. Deadpool shows up technically, kind of in one exception. In a, one exception no, no. does not prove that no, no. every other character is going to get this. This is the exception where they show up in uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, and it's terrible. And people go, "What the hell? This isn't goddamn yeah. Deadpool." Oh, okay. And then they go, "Well, the, okay, fine." And and they hear the outcry, and and people complain, well, and you get problems. Yeah, but here's Deadpool. the sad. Here's the sad but truth. It also helps that Ryan Reynolds was like, "Yeah, that wasn't Deadpool, but I cashed that check, so what can I do to make yeah. it up for you?" Yeah. yeah, number one, star power behind that was saying the yeah. same thing, right? Number two, and this is just the sad truth, is Cassandra Kane has not got the fan base that Deadpool has. Yeah. She's not going to get the same outcry. Which so, is why she wasn't going to get anything anyway. <laughs> no, but she might have done. There might have been a, a reason why she was going to be in a Batman movie at some point. There might have been a reason why she was going to be in a TV yeah, show at some point. I could, let's say the Matt Reeves movie takes off. I can't, I, honestly, I can't, I just want to say... I can't believe right. that Connor's arguing there was no chance of getting any Cassandra Kane stuff at well, all in the next decade yeah. when we've literally had some characters in the TV shows that no one would have ever guessed in a million years would ever have appeared so, ever. No, uh, no. Right? This, this is, is the most ridiculous that, yeah. argument in Show, 2020 I've ever heard. TV, showing up on the CW oh, TV show is completely <laughs> sorry, different Matt. You, to Matt showing was, up in the movies. Matt was going to make a point, sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to make a point though. Let's say the Matt Reeves Batman movie takes off and it creates a new franchise and... You know, we we end up getting a League of Assassins story, and and we we have Shiva show up with with a little girl the same Cassandra. Yeah, right. That's like best case scenario right now because because of, of how much goes yeah. into that character. I, 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 I'm not saying I don't think this movie impacts whether or not that could happen. I'm not all. I'm not saying that. Uh, I expected a Cassandra Kane solo movie in the next day. I'm not saying that I expected anything even close to that. I just I think that by default having a version of something that fails. Or a version that you know is like that's what it is now because that's the one example that yeah. the, the normals oh, have it's... had. It, that tends to stick for a while, and it means that we don't get a proper attempt for X amount of time. Hey guys, right? You and this is where Marvel. Movie this week? Yeah, I hate, <laughs> I I hate to keep bringing Marvel into this, but it's like why our why our friend Mario has such an issue with some of the Marvel stuff, right? He's he's a big Marvel guy. Uh, as we are with DC, mm. and like he doesn't like the Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it drives him nuts because 
that isn't the Guardians that he liked reading from which, the DNA from Abnett and Lanning, which is a fair critique. However, these are the movie versions, mm-hmm. and I would gladly take it being – because at least it's close. I would gladly take that than the Snyder version of Superman that I got. Oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, but that's, that's, like, And this is the thing, like – but I, I understand the frustration because once that was established, that's who they are now for a long time. It's right. you know when, when do we get a rebooted Guardians of the Galaxy that's a different tone? Right. Ever? And, I, you know, <laughs> and, no, and this is the thing in terms of the comics. I think Marvel have always been a lot more willing to acquiesce to whatever is in the popular mm-hmm. culture and change. Whereas, oh. you, know, you know, when DC went, I think it was when, when Rises came out, like you know, Dick was Batman, and they went, ah, who cares? Because, yeah. look, look at me wrong, there's examples here, right, you know, it's okay if they screw up the Joker once or twice, or Batman once or twice, because they're going to keep trying Batman and Joker over yeah. and over again. They'll always keep trying more Batman and Joker. Superman to a lesser extent, but there's going to be more attempts at Superman. It might be take a bit longer than the Batman stuff does, but there will be yeah. another Superman attempt at some point. But characters like Cassandra Kane or, you know, if we ever get a Stephanie Brown, you know, these characters who are like the, the sidekicks that came later that, you know, when the movies are too scared to even do like the first Robin, never mind, you know, Batgirl and several Robins later and so on and so on. Like, a lot of these characters will, will get right. one chance like every like generation well, that's, after that. And it, it just, that's why I was excited you know. when, when Whedon was, was attached to a Batgirl movie. Oh, sure. Because you, you had to have the feeling that there was going to be multiple Batgirls. Like I wouldn't, I for him with how well he knows comics, I could see him going for the legacy and having Barbara Gord in there, but she might not be the Batgirl. Maybe it was a Cassandra Kane scenario, you know, or or Stephanie Brown there too. I mean, it's not um, possible. I think when we whenever we yeah. heard about that, it was always Barbara Gordon that was thrown around. I don't know if yeah. that was just people yeah. assuming or if there was anything that kind of led to that. But who's to say yeah. that she doesn't like pass the torch in the second or third like you know, like Black right. Widow seems to be passing the torch to Florence Pugh, so we're right. getting a secondary Black Widow. I mean there's no reason why if if DC got to the right. same success that Marvel did with its movies, then oh well some characters would pass the torch down when that right. the actors had to change, you know? Yeah. Which and which I don't cracks think me up that and those two actors I don't but, think that this movie would change if they get to that point, because it's gonna take time anyway. That oh, well, we we might do another. But, but that's I think why it frustrates me more is because the DC extended universe, these movies, for the most part, have been a wet fart of an attempt of trying to copy yeah. Marvel and have yeah. not been a success. And well, there's a couple of standouts that are a bit better, and you know we like for various reasons. You know we're not there yet, and we're so far from even getting the fundamentals yeah. right that the fact that we're we're skipping ahead to certain things and kind of messing them up, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of hurts a bit more. And it it just it's, no, it does. Uh, but uh, with these on the horizon, at least. I feel like Birds of Prey is the movie that, that the director wanted to make. Maybe it should be called Birds of Prey. I, I think it's right? the movie that Margot Robbie wanted to make. Oh, right. sure. I, I mean that in a, in a good way. And right. Look, I, I admire that she's so, she's passionate. I admire that she cares. Uh, I don't right. know if her vision for this is my vision for any of this. I, I think, but. No, but... It's, it's interesting. With the, like, the whole idea is is they went, right, let's make a Harley movie. What do you want to do? And yeah, you know, she could have done a, a solo movie right. or, you know, or Gotham City Sirens. She was like, I want to get, you know, Birds of Prey but Here's, here's so, the thing, though. I don't have to ask the question, and I'd love to ask you this. I'd love to say, so you, you said, right. I want to do Birds of Prey. Like, so if you're a Birds of Prey fan, why isn't there a Barbara Gordon? It's like, what was that decision? I mean, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason why she couldn't have Barbara yeah. Gordon. Maybe there was, she was told yeah. you can have Birds of Prey without maybe her, a, and that's fine. Yeah, maybe but, there's a bat embargo, right? They're yeah. Famous for doing but, that. but I would just love to, I'd love to know that. I, you know, was that something that she never asked for? Is it something she was told she couldn't have? Like It's the sort of thing that they're not allowed to actually say. I know, though, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know there's, obviously they're on the press tour at the minute, and you know, a lot of the cast have been going, so, you know, what, what would you do next time? And, and a lot of them have gone, 
Barbara Gordon. Like, you know, immediately that's their answer. Like, um, a good few yeah. of them have said that. So it's not like they're unaware. So in my best case scenario here is that it leaves it open for a sequel, as, as a lot of these movies do now. Mm-hmm. And there's such a mess that that requires Barbara Gordon to come in and make them into a, a proper unit, right? Like, like she, they need her stability or whatever. Yeah, like, they need her guidance and her leadership, yeah. Perfect. You know, and I, then there she is. Look, I, I want to like the movie. I do. I hope I come out of it. I hope the review I, next week, I come into it. I sit down at this chair and I sit and say, you know what? It impressed me. I still hate the fact that Cassandra Cain's wrong, but yeah. it, it was a fun so, movie. It did all these other things right. I, I want to say that. I do. So meta question real quick here. Yeah. Did did Mary Elizabeth Winsett and, and, uh, and Ewan McGregor get together after Fargo season three or after this? I believe this? it was during Fargo. All right. So then, it's just weird now that they're playing opposite in, in a superhero oh, sure. movie, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just both thought of that, them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's the, the first reactions have been out, and and always take those with a grain of salt because t- yeah. generally speaking, they invite people who are oh, yeah, even, going to be into it. Yeah, Batman v uh, Superman had great first reactions yeah, yeah. on Twitter, which so that's not, not which said yeah. Yeah. Which then pissed me off sitting in the theater. Where I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got had. I, I yeah, yeah Matt, I think we learned a valuable lesson that that. God. that movie yeah. it's gonna yeah. be i remember going in there it's gonna be fine it's, <laughs> it's gonna, gonna be fine, fine. <laughs> oh, I, fine. I still remember it's not fine. went to the midnight show we came back it was like three in the morning and we're just angry for like yep. an hour you know, it's it's worth mentioning that i have not been to a midnight showing since that it's, it's, yeah. none, it's not worth it it's not i'm just gonna be upset <laughs> it's not worth it <laughs> I've My last midnight movie i can proudly say was age of ultron <laughs> i went out went out on a high then they started doing the seven o'clock showings and there we go. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a thing here. It's it's midnight or the next day. Well, it's so, because of the uh, time change. We still technically get it early at midnight, so they don't, yeah, exactly. they don't put it earlier so for I'm us. Not, I'm not complaining. Um, I've only yeah. I only really go for the Star Wars movies now, but um, yeah. In fact, I think I think our midnight showing coincides with the East Coast 7 p.m. showing, so it's just yeah. perfect in terms of lining yeah, up with them. Much. Yeah. 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 Uh, Anyways, next yeah. question. Well, what I was just going to say on Blood's Pro though is uh, ignoring the actual what tone of what people are saying about the early reactions because throw that out of the way some of the actual comments i think are worthwhile mm-hmm. in that they're saying you know, oh it just completely ignores continuity and it's like oh that whole extended universe just, ah, just screw it it just does whatever it wants and and has fun with that i'm okay and with I that. appreciate that because well, yeah after, after that so extended universe just just do movies now after that suicide squad yeah i have no complaints about them ignoring what came before um yeah just actually just as we're on the movies i just mentioned briefly the batman started shooting this week uh, mm-hmm. You know, Matt Reeves posted the, the photo with the slate, the first slate that they were using. Yeah. Um, they confirmed the cast. Uh, cast list. Yep. Yeah, we got we got Dano's Riddler, of course. Which I mean, we all kind of knew this anyway, but like, just they kind of confirmed it all. Um, do you know what? Like, I'm at, you know now that it's starting to feel real because they're shooting right, and they've confirmed this cast list because Matt Reeves made Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes. I am feeling optimistic all of a sudden. And it's it's purely based on talent. It's not about anything else. I, it's just the talent. Of the I trusted him. I listened to a podcast with him right as War was coming out, and he had just taken the job. And the the interviewer, who was a comics fan, um, was like, "So, what are what are some of your inspirations for, for Batman?" And he says, "You know, I want to get back to the detective story. Mm. I, I I want to make a, a modern noir with Batman as the detective. I, I'd like to see that in the comics as well." To be and he well, yeah. And right there, I know that this is a guy that's not just taking it because it's Batman. Mm. He had an idea. It got picked up, and it's going to, you know, 
basically what he wants to do he'll get to do hopefully uh, so so i'm feeling optimistic know. it's kind of a shame that this will probably end up being great because batman is the character from dc who already has a great trilogy and doesn't necessarily need it in the same way that a lot of our characters do uh, i will say but if it's good it's good then great you know batman kind of lives on forever um the only thing i will say is though is the one thing that could really separate this from the dark knight trilogy for me is that i've already got a perfect solo batman trilogy i feel like if for the second one of this say they really need to start adding a robin or something just because yeah. i'm going to st- i'm going to start calling hollywood cowards if they don't start putting in a robin yeah. or a batgirl i, I think it, it's kind of funny that we had one trilogy of a solo batman before that it was you know robin everywhere well, yeah. well i mean after the first two movies sure yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah, Robin you and Batgirl. Yeah, but that, that I mean, keep in mind though, that was like a dude decade before Batman begins. So, like by the time we are we're at now, we have not had an on-screen in movie Dick Grayson or anything yeah. equivalent. And I, I would oh, love to tell, time. I'd love to go back in time and tell younger me that you're gonna have Poison Ivy, Bane, Batgirl, <laughs> and Robin all in one movie, and and it's it's not gonna be good. Even even twelve year old you is gonna be like. Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, man. Do you know what I want? I want someone to go back and uh, put in Tom Hardy's lines over the the Bane and Batman and Robin. Wouldn't be hard because all he does is grunt. I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, Time to go mobile. I, I bet that's been done already. It has yeah. to have been. Ah, yes. Anyway, um, oh. <laughs> you're a big guy for you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yes uh yes yeah, so, so so yeah batman movie may be good uh next question yeah. on twitter uh at k underscore dog thirty three eight eight zero zero. uh what do you think will happen with the trinity seeing as wonder woman is unhappy with superman revealing his secret identity this is actually this was a this the same person tweeted at me earlier in the week and showed me the panel that we and obviously we, we were talking about superman last issue uh, but one thing that we we actually didn't notice is that in that big two-page spread where everyone's all happy when he shows up at the, the yeah. Hall of Justice, there's one exception. Wonder Woman yeah. looks sad. And yeah. I think she also looked a little bit pissed in the previous issue as well when everyone else was happy that he was revealing yeah. who he was. So I, I think this is clearly something that they're going to... Uh, Bendis is going to address. He's clearly seeing this. In, in Heroes, yeah. 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 That's coming out. Um which which would make sense because I didn't pick up on that. Like I didn't look, and I didn't pick up on her reaction. So maybe that's what he was referring to, and and you know this scene because I was wondering like everyone's happy for him. What's what's to be continued? Like they're just gonna tell him what, but you know he means to them as Clark and the Superman. Um, but but yeah, yeah. I, I, don't I, I don't know. know. I, 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 if I was to guess why she's pissed, like why she's upset about this, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, she she is the character that we associate with truth, so you, you'd think <laughs> she'd be happy for him. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, my joke on Twitter is that she's been telling he's been telling her that his name is Steve all these years, so then she's just pissed that he's been lying to her. But <laughs> <laughs> that's just mean. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with the with the, the charity. Uh, but yeah. I'm curious. But obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a story that Ben's it, is telling. It's, I don't think it's going to. Yeah. I don't think it's going to bleed into anything else. It feels like something that'll just be addressed yeah. in the Superman book. And, and I'm sure it'll be something deeply personal to her about their relationship uh, as Diana and Clark as Wonder Woman as Superman. And you know, since since we've gotten away from their whole relationship in New Fifty Two, since you know him and Lois were rightfully back together. Um, I wonder what this means for those two going forward. Yeah, 
so, uh, right, the final question we'll do. I'm going to actually kind of ignore the first part of this because the first part of this is just basically talking about the end of uh, the tease at the end of Justice League, which we're going to talk about anyway, obviously. Yep, yep. Uh, but this is from at Stanley Coda. Uh, so, I'll just skip into the last part. What are our thoughts on these universe reboots happening uh, more and more frequently in the past 20 years? Uh, so, uh, we kind of actually spoke on this not that long ago, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we were talking about how it's kind of like a five-year cycle now, and how you know it's kind of become that. But I suppose, like, how do we do? We like that this this is how comics are now that we have to do this every five or six years. As a continuity walk, I don't like it because that's new stuff I have to learn. Right, (laughs) it's not just there. Um, It's like when a new a new player comes to the team. Now you have to learn all those nicknames and consistency, you know, tendencies and whatnot. You're like, ah. I have the other guy, but you know, and and my my go-to joke has been as a comics fan, I hate change, right? Um, mm. So I guess they're fine as long as there's a good story to go with them. You're not just like new fifty-twoing it for no like you know for no reason. So you look back at the new fifty-two, that was a sales gimmick. At the I think end it's of the always day. a sales gimmick at the end of the day. I don't know because like I'm gonna throw up Infinite Crisis. I give that a lot of play. I don't. I feel that was a story that that John's always wanted to tell. Um, I think, and I think it is t- technically at its core always about sales, but uh, some of them, you know, they build a good story out of it, so doesn't, you don't feel it as much. You just feel the, the big event yeah. happening. It doesn't yeah. feel as egregious. I think honestly, I like it. I think we're talking about like, think it gives it, you know, a nice fresh feeling whenever it happens. It's all oh, things that things are new. There's things to be excited about that you know change well you know you, you go oh i don't like it there's there's usually mm-hmm. some good stuff comes out of it um and if it turns out that you don't like whatever it's changed into well you know five years and you'll get something else which <laughs> sounds like a long time but you know as opposed to what it was before but Connor, it's not we didn't have wally for no, all I know. of the new no, i know and that's shit and, and now we get him back that. and we yeah. really don't have him back yeah yeah no it's shit i'm not disputing that yeah. that is shit but like, but the reality is that if if we had to wait twenty years between these events, then we'd be waiting a lot longer to have Wally. Whereas five years, that doesn't seem so bad in comparison. Pete, do you think this is what the Barry fans felt in between John's bringing him back or or Morrison bringing him back in uh, Final Crisis? I don't know. I, I I would actually love to know like how many Barry fans yeah. there were who were upset that there was no Barry for you know twenty yeah. years. I mean, we, we know John's is one of them. <laughs> Obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, can we do a little section in a minute and talk about Wally? We can, uh, yeah, yeah. With, with, with some spoilers for for that, and we'll, we'll make that. Clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Flash Forward came out this week, and we we, we all saw spoilers for it. Uh, uh, or it's coming out this week. I think it's coming out this. It's coming out this week. week. Okay, yeah, but it leaked early, and yeah, yeah. We have thoughts. Yeah. So it's not out this this week. I have these up right now. I don't yeah. see Flash Forward on here. So. Cool. Yeah, I think it leaked, I think it, uh, some retailers it got leaked, an early though. copy. Uh, so someone leaked it. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I like the, the refresh and like sort of shaking up the sort of the, the creative force of the line. I don't necessarily like what New 52 did where it actually reset everything and mm-hmm. completely changed continuity because that took a lot away a lot of things and ultimately it left us a really, with a really bad taste. But when we talk about New 52, we talk about it with like a bitter taste. It's, kind of yeah, like, it's uh, a punchline for every... There's a, there's a couple good things that came out of it, for, but mostly it wasn't. It's that one good thing per three or four bad things. Yeah, I, I, I think, and then 
I'd say on top of that, there's just one blanket bad thing over the whole thing was the feeling of disconnect and the feeling of like, and not really feel like a decent universe. And I think that's the concern with these happening every five years is that there's always a worry that the next one might do that again. That may give us that feeling. Yeah, uh, sure. The, you know, I'm not saying, while I'm a fan of the, the concept, it can be executed badly as seen by the new 52. Yeah. I think there's a balancing act. You, you want to make it fresh and appealing to people, but you don't want to throw everything out the window. Um, yeah, I, I feel like what, what I kind of want, and Marvel did this too often, but I think when they did Marvel now, that had just a, a nice amount of, oh, it feels like a refresh, but, you know, it's just all these new creative teams, and it feels like, you know, all these new books to try, but it wasn't like, hey, let's throw all of our continuity under the yeah. bus. Um, I, I like what we're doing, potentially leading to with this next one, with, okay, so we're doing hyper time is the next thing, right? And we're, we're mm-hmm. kind of fixing that. And that's, okay, going to change some stuff with the timeline. We're doing this 5G stuff, and, and we're right. going to change some things. There will be continuity changes, without doubt. We saw some of them last week with Wonder Woman. Um, but, you know, the, I'm okay with changes and, and, you know, things here or there, as long as it's not everything at once, I think, is the concern, is that, okay, nothing feels like I've got any attachment anymore. Yeah. There still needs well, to be just... recognizable elements. I I love the idea that Marvel had the ultimate universe and the mainstream universe. Oh, they did. And when when the yeah when the ultimate universe was there, you had that you could tell these fresh stories. But then it eventually just became, hey, let's rehash famous stories from the other universe, and then finally we'll merge them. Wasn't that kind of the point the whole time? With Ultimate, it's like let's retell it. It was, but but it was like kind of. It was more like they they had the idea of like you know because obviously so many things like say Spider Man happened over the forty years at that point that it existed and none of it was planned in advance so all these things just kept getting added on the whole idea of the ultimate to a point was that no we can actually start Spider Man from scratch with knowing all these things where it's going so that it feels more coherent and it feels more like a a planned same same with the yeah same with the X Men where like the first first three trades all build to the Phoenix showing up. And, you know, versus the Phoenix is something that just happened because John mm. Byrne. Yeah, was it John Byrne? Yeah, I feel like it was John Byrne. It's either Byrne or Claremont. It was Claremont. Alien stuff. Yeah, was it Claremont? Yeah, the, the Kenny X-Men at yeah. that time. Yeah, it was Claremont. I can't remember. It's 70s. It all blends together to me in that era because I don't that's, – that's a blind spot for me. But anyways, like, so it all built to there. And so I feel like we can do this stuff. And I feel like Black Label's kind of doing the same thing except it's not just one universe. Mm-hmm. Right, where these are just stories. Um, like I, I got my friend to pick up uh, Criminal Sanity. So I told him it's uh, the best described was it's basically David Fincher's Harley Joker story. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm down. And he picked up the first issue, right? Which I'm glad it exists so that story can be told. So as long as there's always an outlet where different stories that aren't in that mainstream. And I think that was the problem with the New 52 is like, it, it merged Vertigo and it merged Wildstorm. It was, it was it, all of this or nothing. Exactly. And now at least we have Hill House, right? And we have Black we'll have Label. Black Label, which while Black Label won't right. satisfy every itch, you'll get a Batman book. You'll get right. you know, a Wonder Woman book. Like I don't whatever. I don't necessarily want to read Dead Earth, but I'm glad that it's there if you want to read a you know post apocalyptic Wonder Woman story. It's you know good. So you probably should read it. But yeah. Well, it's fine. Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah, those, those things to do. And, and, I'm, and I'm kind of excited for 5G, but again, the comics fan of me that hates change is like... Joe, Joe is funny. Yeah, but... Is doing a podcast, Matt, I think our perspective's a little bit skewed because it's actually exciting, I think, for us as a group because it's a lot of stuff to really get to talk about, right? There's a lot of stuff to really sink our teeth yeah, into. Yeah, and that, that's cool, but like, 
I just got my Superman back. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Listen. Pete, you, you say that as us as a podcast, oh, we get to talk about it, but I think that's, even for you know, we were doing this, it was as a community. Sure, you, yeah. You want, you want to talk about it yeah. with other people, right? And I think that's well, exciting anyway. And, and I've seen this with my, my friends at the shop that never were really into X-Men. I mean, they were familiar, and then the Hickman stuff comes, and that's really all my friends reading right now. Because there's so much, and it reinvigorated his interest in X-Men. Uh, so yeah. he was telling me how good Marauders has been. Uh, really, I've heard bad things about that one, funnily enough. Yeah. But I mean, so, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just, but even just in the sense of like refreshes like this, big things happening do tend to drive more people to look for podcasts. So it tends to benefit us when, you know, there's a big Doomsday Clock issue out. Um, and obviously, we kick-started off the start of Rebirth, and that did, you know, there was a kind of an inherent nice build of audience at the start. And obviously, we've, we've built quite a bit since then, over time, but um, there is kind of an excitement to, oh, there's a whole big refresh coming, maybe this will, you know, get more people into comics, get more people looking for shows and things like that. Yeah, but I mean, I think, I think it comes down to, obviously, we, it was a little bit different coming out of the New 52, but even before we decided to do this, we were excited about Rebirth. Oh, yeah. As a concept, like, oh, new things change. Are we going to fix things? And and this time it's less. Are we going to fix things? But change. You know what's new? What's interesting? And and that's kind of exciting. And and what creative teams are going to get shuffled? Like, and and it's frustrating because you don't want every creative team to get shuffled. Some things you want to stay as they are. They they they've just started. You know, for example, Tynan on Batman. Oh, he's just kind of started. You want to let him go for a couple of years, see what he can do. Yeah. But and there's a couple Williamson of things. Uh, flash. I wouldn't mind that. There's a couple of things to fix though. <laughs> That's not. That's not. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there are a couple of things. Don't be wrong. Which um, I think will take us on nicely to this flash forward section that was just there. Yeah. Oh well. And and this is the problem that the things that we want to fix this and a certain Mr. Rick Grayson probably won't be fixed under five G for one simple reason, uh, and that reason has a name, Didio. <laughs> Didio. Uh, so. <laughs> so um yeah so spoilers then for the final issue of flash forward that's not out yet uh that leaked but uh from my understanding from the the thing that i read briefly on reddit is that wally is going to merge with the the morbius chair and basically be turned into a new character he's he's which i i i immediately said what so he's rick west is that that what he is he's rick west now yeah yeah basically so he's not metron yes um He's Westron. Uh, <laughs> Waltron. Sure. <laughs> Waltron. Uh. Yeah. But, the, yeah, so it's, it's something entirely new. And this kind of leads into some of the things we heard about 5G where we're doing some fourth world stuff, right? Um, so this does play with that angle, I suppose. But I, yeah, no. This this is Didio, you know, not liking this this era of character. He, he hates Nightwing. He hates Wally West. We know this. This is just him going, yeah, yeah. Just He's go. such a prick. Like, do you know what really annoys me as well is is Tempest Fujinot from the the uh, the Dark mm-hmm. Multiverse stuff. That's all being paid off in Flash Forward. That's, that's all what that's been done to. That's he's the one been taking Wally around the the multiverse and doing this thing with him at the end. <sighs> I'm like, oh man, I really liked what that was building to, and it was this. It's, it's upset, and I. This is the sad thing is that. There was so much hope at the start of Rebirth about Wally and the Nightwing getting his a big new book and all that stuff, and like there's such a sadness to this where like imagine going back and telling ourselves then, oh by the way, by 2020, 
Dick's got amnesia. He goes by Rick Gracie. He doesn't want to be Nightwing. And Wally's accidentally murdered a bunch of people and is changing his yeah, character. Yeah. That, uh, uh, that, 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 red outfit, person... that red outfit don't look so bad no more. Yeah. Ugh, there's one person that's responsible for it. It just makes me so mad. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, people who are buying Nightwing still, why are you buying it? Don't, don't buy it. <laughs> but see, at least I trust in Jurgens more than I trust in the other guy. We don't want to so, support the concept anymore because it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, just give us bloody Nightwing. Like you know, they say you know, the whole thing with Rebirth was, hey, look, we're, we're giving him back the blue, and we were like, yeah, this is great. It's finally Nightwing again. And, and, it now was. It's like, and for a while, give me, it was. give me the red suit any day. And for a good fifty or so, or close to fifty issues, and it just, was. And you know what? His him being shot by KG Beast didn't really have any payoff in Batman. No, we thought it would be eventually, but it doesn't. Like it, it, it drove Bruce to almost murder KG Beast, and we have that weird animal story. And then that was but, it. And that was it. And there was no, you know, this wasn't part of Bane's Joe, grand plan Joe, the, or anything. The sad, the sad part of this is that my reaction to reading this this week, after Heroes in Crisis, and then especially after this, I, I actually said on Twitter, I would rather they kill him off than do this to him. I would rather he yep. just not be here then be drugged dragged through the mud like this it, it, yeah it, and and that's thing like like nightwing in the new 52 wasn't a terrible book yeah it was not always great but it had moments it was mediocre um, but it well, was it became grayson and it was great oh that was great yeah but yeah. in general uh... nightwing was up and down it was never like fantastic other than when it was grayson but it wasn't a terrible book by any means and like you know like the biggest ongoing complaint about it was oh why is he in red and you know, now that seems so small in comparison. It's like, well, at least he was still Dick Bloody Grayson. I could recognize him. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right with him not being a secret agent. Oh. I wasn't I'm super fond of that. And but... So now, now I'm looking at this and my conspiracy brain's going that you have these two heroes that are that are pretty critical to 90s comics, right? With, with you know, that's when the Nightwing book really took off and you had Wally's... Hey, Matt, back, back in the first couple episodes, if you go back to those first couple episodes, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. we called them the heart and soul of the DC universe. We said that yeah, right yeah. at the start of all this. And mm-hmm. so, I'm just, I'm just looking at this, and now there was that, that story in, in Nightwing where he saw the, the, the different versions where he was fighting Dr. Hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 uh, Damien was there, um, and that was meant to be dark metal influence, like dark multiverse. And now you have, have Wally, who's going to be, I guess, working with Tempest Fujinon with the Morbius chair. And it just like, makes my conspiracy brain going. You know, honestly, like these... I feel like a lot of it is is five G's coming up. They want to put someone new in the cowl for each, and they want to give us a reason why it's not Dick Grayson, why it's not Wally West as the Flash, why it's someone else entirely. The easiest way, get them out of the picture. That makes me want to punch things. Because <laughs> yeah. DC's always had the legacy characters, right? And it's always a strength of theirs. Yeah. You know? Not so. today. <laughs> and, and this is the thing I don't think any of us would mind them replacing Wally as the Flash with someone else. No, just, they did, just you know, Wally. Like, you know, but, like, even, even if, if, if Wally died and someone else picked up the mantle as the Flash, like, you know, like, so say hypothetically, at the end of you know of, of Rebirth, we'd had Barry for five years, and then we got Wally for five years as the Flash, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're getting towards this five G, and we're getting okay. We want someone else in the cow. 
It's, it's Avery. I don't think any of us would mind that. Uh, sure, Avery. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Right. Like, uh, uh, we, we wouldn't be angry. We, we've got decades of Wally stories in the past. Yeah. Right. But, but that, I just... Okay. I want a character who I consider one of my favorites to be taken care of. It's yeah, the, right? sure. It's it's the bait and switch though of promising us, hey, yeah. Wally's coming back, and that was the whole point of Rebirth. And it's like, hey, we listened, we're giving you what you want, and we got a little bit here or there, and they never committed to it, and now they're going, ah, screw it. You, I, you just, you're, we're not well, doing that. I, I would rather have a heroic death at the end of a good story that builds up to it well to send off a character than the way he was just kind of forgotten about when New 52 happened because, oh, timeline changed, so now it doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or what's happening now, which is the complete, let's face it, bastardization I, of what he is. I honestly think yeah. this is worse. Yeah. Worse than New 52? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. at least in the New 52, I understand why they were doing it. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand all of it. And I go, okay, sure, you want, you want to do this, you want to just keep it simple, you want to make it accessible. I don't necessarily like it, but I understand where they're coming from. This here uh, is—it's it, there just because they don't know what to do, and they're like, "Oh, just throw him over there and get right. me, get him out of the way." And that's more frustrating. Well, it's more frustrating because with Wally, he doesn't even have a title. He like they could easily just be like, "Oh, he got cut off from the Flash, uh, from from uh, the Speed Force, right?" And now he's living as a mechanic, you know, in in Keystone or whatever. That's fine. He's still not with us, but he's not being disrespected like this, yeah. you know. And, mm-hmm. and and I go, okay, well, we can at some point in the future, we can bring him back. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating. But hey, Very much so. But hey, there you go. Uh, I guess that's the question slash flash forward section wrapped up. All right, moving on then. And for those of you on Patreon who missed the wrestling talk the last week or two, uh, it's back. We just recorded a big mm-hmm. giant thirty-five minute one. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so we are going to talk about Justice League issue thirty-nine. Scott Snyder writing with Jorge Jimenez and Daniel Samper on the art. I forgot we hadn't even started the book shit. <laughs> we'll get through these though. These these are quick this week. Well, up until your redhead. Yeah, um, not a lot. That of books. Always seems to take forever. Yeah, well, he, he not your the fault. There's an issue of Flash. Yes. Uh, uh, so... I, I I will say my piece and we'll be good this week. Um, oh, we'll see. Anyway, so, Justice League. Justice League ain't going to be quick because there's ranting to be had here, I think. Um, this is such a, a non-ending uh, that leads in to Snyder's next event. And the fact that there's a Justice League 40 out next week, which Snyder had to actually clarify on Twitter, is set before... Uh, it was his entire run. It was either his entire run, or it was set yeah. before all this stuff from recently. Anyway. I'm glad you said that because I, I missed that. So. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that either. Yeah, no, I, I retweeted it on the comics uh, on DC Comics podcast Twitter. So I go and check what he actually said then. Yeah, you can go check what he said if you want. Um, but he did confirm it's set before whatever you know has been happening. But here's the thing. So, so this this book ends with essentially the Justice League is pulled from the timeline or whatever. And yep. they're going to have to go into hyper time to like fix things, and this is leading to whatever the uh, the big you know encore because we get this teaser at the end with Wonder Woman with the, the chainsaw of truth. Uh, yeah, so buddy. good. Uh, <laughs> again, I, I saw them open at Riot Fest. It was dope. Yeah, so it's like uh, that teaser's fine. Like, I'm 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 down with Wonder Woman with the chainsaw. Okay, I'm down for the ridiculousness of that. Like absolutely. Um. Here's the thing. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Is if you know, technically speaking, every other book in the DCU should be pausing until this is addressed because technically, the the continuity as we know it doesn't exist anymore until this is fixed. Right. 
And the problem is, is that they've done so much, so much work over the past, you know, six months to make sure that Flash is tying into you're the villain. There's a Doomsday in the sky. Oh, Batgirl's got yeah. it in the sky. Action Comics has got it, it in the sky. So in so in, in hockey, there's there's goaltender interference, right? Where if if the goalie could have made the stop, but another player had gotten in the other way and a goal scored, it, it's no goal. And I feel like this, the whole year of the villain, is just editorial interference that if mm-hmm. Snyder had just been left alone to do this in Justice League, maybe cross over to a couple pertinent books, we wouldn't be in this mess that we're in. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, some of my critiques that I've had are just the books writing on it, so I still have. But yeah, th- this mess we have of the universe. It's, yeah, it's interesting because I really like this issue. I think it's really good. I like everything that it does. I like what it sets up. I'm I'm down for death metal, hey, hey, encore, hey, whatever hey, call I liked it better when it was in Doomsday Clock, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. So, I, that, that's the other critique I have is that a lot of the themes that it seems to be hitting at the end feel like, hey, we just did a better version of this story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> However, well, Matt, you, you might. Next one. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Doomsday Clock was better in every way. Of course, it was. It was like one of the best comics of the last decade. Yeah. But I like this anyway. I had fun. I think, because, I mean, the, the story is basically that Jean reaches out to everyone, you know, telepathically, tries to sway the the, the feeling of everyone to hope instead, or justice, rather. Choose, instead choose of justice. And yeah. I do kind of like the meta kind of commentary here of when they basically say we lost the vote, because all I could think about was the 2016 election or Brexit or any of these things that have happened yep. recently. I saw a lot of social commentary and Batman just being like, we lost the vote, there, shit. There's like a, there's an, a disbelief. There's so yeah. certain in, in their yeah. righteousness and then right. wait, what happened we, we got so close to winning i mean because I, I, i'm assuming it's close you know it's, it's, it's that thing where it got to the you know in the case of brexit it was like 51 percent, and it was like damn you <laughs> damn 52, you but, but or you know you, you win the popular vote but it still doesn't matter because of an yeah. archaic system of anointing a president yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, and not, not, not to get tennis political but it, it was just it was just that that particular moment made me think of all these things yeah uh, and the feeling of after the aftermath of all those events um so that's fine. I will say this has to be some of the worst art I've seen from uh, Jimenez and Sampier. Uh, yeah. It felt rushed to me. It felt, it felt, because this is the thing. The previous solicits implied this issue was going to be very different. And it feels like they changed a lot of this so last minute that the art, as a result, it feels very rushed to me across the board. A lot of the faces, a lot of, you know, the proportions yeah. feel off. Because at first you can tell that it's Jimenez, but as the book keeps going and it blends into Sampier, mm-hmm. it doesn't do it gracefully i usually yeah. say mm. so and then yeah like pete just said jimenez's art it's not his best like there's like supergirl messed up forehead yeah bad. yeah it's, it's like rarely terrible but it's noticeably yeah. not up to par yeah right. it's, it's noticeably mediocre and uh yeah so they had the book after the all failed and jean has his kind of 2001 space odyssey star child moment <laughs> you know he gets up on the moon and like the rest of the justice league are there in all black you know um and it's like, hey, you know, this we're not dead. We're something else. We're, you know, let me actually find some of the text here just so we get this accurate. Um, so the uh, quintess- quintessence show up, right? Which is you know, G- Gantha and the Phantom Stranger. It and, annoys me. There's six of them. And Hive. <laughs> yeah, because Quinn is five. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know that that seems petty and it's tiny. Yeah. But it just annoys Gantha, me. Phantom Stranger, High Father, Hera, mm-hmm. and who am I missing? 
Spectre? There's definitely six of them because they counted Spectre's one. Yeah, but you don't count Spectre. Spectre's never really part of the quintessence. He's just there. So it's five then. Five plus Spectre. Yeah, yeah but, but they're including Spectre in it this time. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah. It's the quintessence it's, it's, and Spectre. Yeah, so but... they, they give them their outfits, right? Uh, we are the ones who saved you, brought you to this space, cloaked in our energy. Uh, may, she may have returned to the other heroes to the past and the future. So they're basically just hand-waving that, okay, she didn't kill the GSA or the Legion. They're just back in their own timeline. It's fine. Uh, right. But uh, you, she meant to kill. So do not be in- insolent, blah, blah, blah. Uh, protecting more, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, just trying to get the exact text of what they say is going on. Uh, so Ackerman says, no, but things rise and fall with tides, Barry. This moment maybe is not ours. And Gantha says, the aunt is right. What happened here was never going to work, right? So this was never going to be the way we do this. Uh, and as a page with all these various things happen, we see Young Justice, we see Black Adam. Um, Leviathan. Yeah, Leviathan, all this stuff. Uh, we see a, uh, a pound from Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the Black Adam one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. I just wanted to mention you specifically. Yeah. Right. Uh, so... Yeah, so the universe has been divided by evil and, and then division comes fear, anger, disillusionment, blah, 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 blah. Um, so what option... So what is this option you've been protect, protecting? Tell us. Uh, he's like, oh, I'll show you. He brings up a big door. Behind this door lies a path that connects all actions, all past, present, and future. This fight is bigger than justice or doom. It is everything. It's, this is all very crisis-y sounding to me of, you know... It is, yeah. Converging everything. Um... So, but be aware in opening this door uh, everything you will bring everything to bear and give reckoning to every story every event throughout history the ones you know and the ones you do not and they're like okay of course we're going to try and then the, the line that really stuck out to me is like, okay we're just doing the same themes as what Doomsday Clock kind of did uh, is when mm-hmm. one of them says okay listen to me perpetuous great lies that we each matter alone the truth is, is that we matter by making every life matter honoring every story that's how we fight her. We make everything matter. And all I felt was, yeah, Doomsday Clock just did that. <laughs> we just yeah. did. We just did this. It's called the. It's called the metaverse, guy. Like... Yeah, no, that, that's not wrong. Like, you know, it's, yeah, it's just... Doomsday Clock light. Yeah, the whole thing with Perpetual winning, I thought that was like, okay, this is like Empire Strikes Back of Snyder's so, stuff now, right? So We're yeah. like, so yeah, I I get that, and we knew this other thing was coming, but. It just kind of felt unfulfilling. Like, I never get the moment, like, she won. Yeah. Like, we're told she's won, but I don't have that feeling. The I fi- think for me, that, that moment comes when they realize they lost the vote. Yeah, the final, the final panel is them just running into this door of light, and that's the end of the book. And I don't think there should be a Sleek 40. I think... No, don't get me wrong. I don't, yeah. As much as I joked and said that every book should be stopping, that wouldn't normally happen, and that'd be okay pretty much because, like I say... I wouldn't expect all these books to be so heavily tied in because it raises all these questions of like, okay, so Hella Risen is set after this or the Justice League around during that because uh, the injustice, you know, the, the the Legion of Doom are in Action Comics right now. Is that mm-hmm. after this? Is it before this? If it is after this, does that mean there's another Superman still in continuity? But the, this is like a separate batch that have been separated from continuity. There's so many goddamn stupid questions. Yeah. But at the very least. I think having Justice League issue 40 out next week, or, ne- or t- in two weeks' time, is silly. No. I feel like that yeah. should be the end of a Justice League book until this event's done. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. But no, instead we're going to have... I, I mean, Vendetti's Justice League might be fun. It may be a good, solid little book, but... Yeah. It's just, it just feels weird. It's like, you end on this cliffhanger, and then you have issue 40, and it's set before all this stuff until further notice. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, that is weird. I don't know why. Um, just because they wanted a Justice League book, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
I just I don't know. I don't know why. That is just strange. I'd say do, no a, do a 12 issue maxi to separate it, but then obviously the main just leave book will always sell more than a maxi that's separate. It always will just because it's got the numbering. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that's the reason. So I don't it's frustrating to me. I I don't think this issue is bad per se. I think it's bad as a final issue. Um, actually, this is how I'll put it. See if Encore or Death Metal or whatever we're calling this this thing, if this was starting in the next couple of weeks, if if, if the first issue of that was in February, I would say this is perfectly fine because it's right. setting up something that's about to start. The fact that that's not starting until at least May is yeah, a problem. Yeah, I get that. I think or it- or give us a trailer like uh, John's used to. Like, remember when uh, Sinestro Core War ended? And it says, yeah, but the worst is yet to come. And it was like cl- like, like little hints of, of Blackest Night. Mm. And you're like, oh, man, coming, you know, in two summers or whatever. Like, do something else here. Because I got to the end of this. And I went to reading it digitally. Yeah. And I went to... And, and it was the the last page with all the yeah, publishing so, stuff on so, it. So you don't, like, you don't know... Because we're reading digitally, you can't feel how much is left. So you don't yeah, know when it's no. you're coming up to the end, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, well... I, it's funny, because we've been complaining for the last year about all these little tie-in moments that have been intrusive. I, I never predicted at the time just how much of a cluster F this was going to cause in terms of the continuity overall once we got to the end of it. Because this is a mess. It is. It's one of those things where in this story, I don't mind it, what I said earlier, but and I don't mind that, that there's a break between this and the next part, personally. I'm okay with that. Uh, that doesn't bother me as much. I'm like, okay, it, it's weird that there's a Justice League book, and I think that, it, well, they should it, have taken a break. Every, I'm, I'm with you on that part. It's everything compounding. It's, it's, it's the, 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 the story's not happening for a few months, plus there's a Justice League book that's just doing other things. It's all these things kind of adding on to each other to just make it feel like a complete mess um it's but, but the most big thing though the biggest thing here is just how every other book is tying into this and this book is telling us that the justice league is gone from earth and perpetua is in control and yet there's still you know character just all the justice league are still there other characters are still there it doesn't feel like anything's changed in those other books and maybe it will next week maybe all the books I, are going to do something but i doubt it yeah no i doubt i think it's one of those things where we have to assume every other book takes place before this part of the story, but they they've screwed it all up by having the the, the doom symbol in them. Yeah, yeah frankly, mm-hmm. the, 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 you, the... you take that away, and there isn't a single problem. I, I I could quite happily say every other book takes place before this Justice League book, like the whole thing. Yeah, uh, the Flash was the biggest problem before, but now everything's a problem. Yep. <laughs> now, now all of them are problems. Yep. It's it's so weird. Well, um, like you were saying, like when when Perpetual wins, that's when the Doom symbol appears to everybody, right? So that's where you can say like the stuff in Batgirl happens. Uh, no, I think the Doom symbol was already there. I think they're just yeah. making the choice. In no, the- I know, but what I mean is like like she never sees that it, it's becoming the the Justice symbol. Right to to her, that's only, you know, whatever, and that that's how, this is how I would try to to fix it in my brain, if I cared, but I don't because it's a mess. Yeah, so. this is probably the worst it's ever been since I've been reading comics. Like just what the overall yeah continuity mess it's is somehow like. Too many hands, but also not enough hands in the kitchen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. Mm. So yeah, it's weird. Uh, see, see if Justice League had never like t- done all these tie-ins, all these Year of the Villain tie-ins never happened, like this would be fine. I would just say this all happens later, no big deal. Yeah. But like, 
the, 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 I don't know. It's so wonky. I can't even begin to like fathom. It's very it. wonky. Uh, I, I mean the issue's fine. Like, I mean, I think Sn- it bugs me that Snyder's run just ends with a cliffhanger for the, his next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of annoying. Uh, it, it looks, you know, this happened for you guys with Supergirl with Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was frustrating where it felt completely unrelated. This, to me at least, it's the next part of this story. It, it is like a natural evolution of it. It's not like out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't... I honestly have a problem with um, it leading into, like, his next event, especially because his events may be his, like, ending to his superhero run, and, like, mm-hmm. he's probably done with superhero comics for a while after this or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, that's fine. It just, it just, it feels unso unfulfilling as an issue. Like, I got to, like, I was not expecting that final panel to be the final panel. I turned, like, like Matt was saying, you turn the page and it's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> that was it? That, we've spent... Because I've been saying for issues that this arc has went on too long, that I was expecting this arc... I was ready for this arc to be done like three or four issues ago. And we mm-hmm. get to this final issue finally, and that's the, the final moment. Is just, oh, oh, come back for more. <laughs> like, God damn you. <laughs> you could have gotten to this point issues ago. But, I mean... Yeah. It's been a frustrating run. I It's been a lot of fun stuff in the run. It's not been... You know, I, I think... It's not been a bad comic. There's been a lot of good things in there. I've had some problems mm-hmm. with it. Uh, but the... <laughs> Ultimately, it's always going to be the connective tissue between Metal 1 and 2 now, as opposed to being a run that stands on its own. Yeah, I think it's it's less a Justice League run and more Snyder's Justice League run is Metal through Justice League through Metal 2, whatever it's called, right. as an entirety, rather than just you know issues 1 through 40-odd of, of Justice League. But yeah. Metal was also kind of a capper to his Batman run as well. It's kind of a weird... I, I, I don't think it necessarily is. I mean, sure, there are little bits here or there, but nothing about that actually feels like a follow-on from his no, Batman not, run. No, not like Last Night on Earth did. Sure. No, sure. Like, that yeah. was more... You could start at Metal and read Metal this and presumably Metal 2 and get I, a complete run. I just mean just how much of a Batman focus it was. It did bring up a few things. All, all the Batman... Uh, all the dark yeah. Batman from the different... Uh, yeah, but like yeah. generally speaking, if you if you're doing like an omnibus of Justice League by Scott Snyder, it's metal through to metal two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, that's that that's okay. Yeah, I still want to know what the other tribes are up to. Right, you have the Hawk tribe. Yeah, you have the Bear tribe. You have the Wolf tribe. Right. right let's be honest though, because of all the tie-ins, uh, they're going to do a, a metal omnibus and then a Justice League omnibus and then a metal two omnibus because there's probably going to be a ton of tie-ins to this next metal as well. So. You're getting three omnibuses where you're sure, like, or not. But... <laughs> what were the tie-ins to metal? Like, you had, you had the Hawkman one. You, you had, had the... the um... All those, those one-shots. All the Dark Batman yeah. one-shots. Oh, yeah. There was a whole bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, those, those were pretty egregious for tie-ins. Yeah, there was like seven of them were enjoyable, of those. but, you know, yeah. egregious were yeah. the same. There was like seven of those, plus the Hawkman thing, plus, yeah. There, there, was, a, there was a reason. And then there, there was the, uh, the two big one-shots leading into metal. So there's enough for yeah, an omnibus it's... there. The, the forge and the something else, like, uh, yeah. Casting. Casting, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, if not an omnibus, a really thick deluxe hardcover. There's definitely a, enough there for that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a short omni, I think. Yeah. But, but you, you you know fine well there's going to be one shots and stuff for this new metal, too. Oh, there's yeah, I to... think, honestly, it's probably two omnibuses worth in total. Metal yeah. in the first half of Justice League, and then the back half of Justice League, and Metal Two. I don't think they'll split up with that where, though. I think where do you get... put No Justice? Oh yeah, that's, that has to be included. Yeah, 
No justice that's true. has that to be. That goes in between metal and Justice League, doesn't it? I think that's the start of your Justice League omnibus, mm -hmm. I guess. <laughs> Unless you put that at the end of the metal stuff, and then possible. So you do all the metal and all the tie-ins, I mean, and no justice. If you include both metals, all the tie-ins to both, no justice, then I guess by that logic, it should probably just be Justice League by Snyder Volume One and Two, and do it that way. But yeah, my cynical part of me doesn't see it being split that way. Because yeah. of sales. I don't know. We're getting into nitty gritty or something that's really not that relevant to what we're talking about. But <laughs> um, yeah, Justice League 39 was fine, frustrating as a final issue, and frustrating as what it does to the continuity as a whole. Mm. Also, I, kind of I agree with all this. You know. I will say, I got excited when the contestants showed up just because I brought them up for. Sure. I forget why last week no i got to that i was like oh shoot weird yeah yeah I think, uh, fundamentally I, I disagree on with, with the things i i enjoyed it a lot i thought it was uh not a conclusion absolutely not it is leading into the next part of the story and yeah it's a little for i have to wait a couple of months for that, that part of the story but i'm looking forward to all the same i had a blast i liked this issue some spotty art aside I think, mm -hmm. I think it goes to me saying I was ready for the story to be done a few issues ago is that that kind of also kind of extends to an extent to whatever they're doing next where I'm like I'm ready for this to be done I don't really need a whole event to you know finish this off like I'm ready for this to be over so we can move on to other things and get to 5G but you know I mean the good thing about this is that having a few months off from Snyder's Justice League is that I'll probably not be as tired of it when it starts up yeah. so yeah. that's the plus well, to this and if we're looking at the you know Chainsaw of Truth and whatnot, and uh, still love that. Yeah, and and it looks like she's got the Batman who last head on her on her belt there. Look at the. Oh yeah, yeah, I see it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm into, and honestly, I kind of hope that with Venditti's run being set before all this, maybe it'll smartly just introduce a few elements that then we can call upon yeah. in metal, like some. Oh, mm -hmm. here are some allies here. Or there, maybe, maybe Snyder's yeah. gone. Hey, can you just do me a favor and. Kind of introduce a couple of little things, editorial, or you know, pass it along, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and and Venditti has been really good at introducing stuff. Like we, we talk about how he has been one of the best at playing with the the Doom symbol and the Dark Batman and you know all yeah. that sort of stuff. Like consistently, he's been really good at that. So if there is anyone I trust to introduce a couple of little bits and pieces here or there, uh, Venditti has got my vote for that. Yeah, mine too. Did you get the exact uh, Snyder quote? I've got it here. Uh... Uh, uh, it was the, before the entire run. Before the entire run, okay. Uh, yeah, because he says, no, just to be clear, Just League 40 is a new story that's set before our run. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Shoot. So, Which yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's two years ago. We're going back two years in terms of comics here to... Yeah, and, and that's the bit I think is weird. We should have just, oh, I know Justice League, but for a few months, take the sales hit. But I... Of course, they don't want to do that. Um, no. Something which is that, why I'm, I'm saying best case scenario, introduce a few elements. I think they underestimate the value in letting us miss something for a little bit. Like, I'm, like how, how how much were we desperate for Wally to start a rebirth because we didn't have Wally? Like, let us miss Justice League just for a couple months so that when yeah. it comes back in this event, it feels special and it feels like a big deal. Um, yeah, but of course... I'm absolutely with you on that, but... That's beyond uh, beyond editorials control, even. Because I guarantee you, we'd be a lot more willing, I think, to buy like tie-ins to events and stuff if, like, you know, we didn't feel as fatigued when we already got to the start of it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah. they they always try to want to flood us with books, and it's just it, it doesn't want any good. Anyway, that's Justice League thirty nine. Uh, what are you giving it, Matt? 
I'm gonna give this a seven. Like it's it's good, but like that last page. Not that it made me upset, but I was just like, all right, well, when does this other one start now? That's <laughs> perfectly fine. Connor. Uh, seven point five. I really liked it. I'm excited for going forward. Um, knocking off points for some spotty art and just inconsistencies mm-hmm. in that regard. Hmm. I'm going with a six. It's got some good stuff in there. Um. I, I do feel like the first half of it though is like could have been condensed heavily. I didn't necessarily know if I needed like as much of a speech from Martian Manhunter as he's doing his thing. Uh, so I felt yeah. a little bit drawn out in that sense. But uh, I, I mean, my frustrations have been made clear. So uh, six out of ten for me. Uh, so I'll take <laughs> me and Matt on Action Comics one thousand nineteen. Oh, written okay. <laughs> written by Brian Michael Bendis and art by John Romita Jr. And can I just say this might be the worst JRGR art I've ever seen. When uh, yeah. Matt showed me a page, I think it was Matt that showed me the page. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did not recognize said character without Matt's help. Yeah, you didn't recognize Grud. I'll say this: so Matt, because Matt had clearly sent that page when he was only a couple of pages into the book. Because when when I yeah. went to read it, that was quite early on. That well, was not even, that was not the worst. That was not the worst. Even that character yeah. looked in that book. <laughs> Gorilla Grud in this looks absolutely. Atro- I mean, all the characters look bad, but Gorilla Grud especially yeah. it looks atrocious. So, in so this. I opened this up and I accidentally turned that page and I was like, I know that's Cheetah, but why is she this end of a Shaggy Man? Because he doesn't remotely look like a gorilla at all. That's, that's like, a, I'll say it. The art in this, to, to use a, a phrase from uh, the uh, the the Gulivar, this is garbage. Gulivar, Vargulish. I'm going with them. Uh, I, I got that. you. I got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, and then the story too. I <laughs> I don't understand what's supposed to happen at the end. Is is that Metropolis gone? Oh my like, god! Even the cover looks terrible. What is this book? Lex looks terrible. So this is this is basically an issue because the, the end of the last issue revealed that uh, Leviathan was working with the Legion of Doom uh, during this big fight, and mm-hmm. this this issue is basically about how that came to be. It's just, so it's all about uh, the Legion of Doom and Leviathan meeting, and oh my god, Brainy Eliska blow up doll on the first page. Like what the hell is happening? <laughs> like the art in this is garbage. Like I, I I I have nothing good to say about this. Like I'll say this right now before we even talk about the story or anything that's happening in this. The best this book can get from me when we get to ratings is a five because it's half the marks are gone already because of the art. Yeah. I can't yeah. like it, it can't get anything higher than that because of the art. It's that and bad. That's assume, is that theoretically assuming that the writing is perfect? It yes. Gets, you know, so it's half and half. Yes, and that's not actually how I rate comics typically. I'm not saying that's how I always think of it, but in this case, the peak that this can get from me is a five because of this art. God, I'm just looking through it right now, and there's that page where there's uh, Superman and Lex. It's towards the end where, where Red Cloud gets involved, mm-hmm. and it just looks so bad. Also, face to face, Sinestro doesn't look like Sinestro in this. He looks like. Uh... He looks like he's trying to do the evil version of Spock from the Mirror World, from Star yeah. Trek. Well, yeah. that's, that's what I'm getting from it. <laughs> You're not wrong, especially on the page where where he's talking to Leviathan, right? And Leviathan kind of earns his respect. I present you... like a smirk. For the video people, I present you the worst... Oh, I need to pay attention. The worst panel of the book. It's a, a low-angle shot of Grodd, and I know the lighting's not great in this, but... Yeah, Matt, uh, screenshot me that. You know what, hon? Do you know what? Do you know what? Hon? I'll get you. I'm going to turn down the brightness, hon. He looks like he has a rectangle head. 
right. I, I had just planned to sit here and play The Binding of Isaac, um, but I can't miss this. Look at that. Look at that. What? That's not Grodd. That sounds, that sounds like a euphemism. The Binding of Isaac. It is a fantastic game that I happened to pick up on my Switch. Look at uh-huh. What happened? It's like an anvil fell on his head and yeah. flattened his head. Like, I... it's, it's like the third time I bought this game. But I just love it. It's terrible. <laughs> Shut up about your game. <laughs> We've got bad art to tear it to shreds. Well, you're distracting me from it with all the terrible art. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, Lex wants to meet meet at Leviathan because he's impressed. Uh, they measure their egos a little bit, um, and basically come up with this plan. Like, hey, like, and they they get him to introduce them to to Red Cloud, mm-hmm. and Lex is like, hey, you almost killed him. If we weaken him first, can you can you finish the job? Do you think you'd be able to do it if you yeah. have the full legion of doom and Leviathan behind you? And that seems to be what this fight that we keep cutting to in the future is. Uh, it's like the the final plan ends up being, hey, we're going to you know fight in Metropolis because he'll he'll hold back because it's the, you know it's in the city and yada yada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's an awful there's a page where uh, during the fight Lex like blasts Superman with all of his energy, and it's just yeah. it's just yeah. this like wall of lines coming from the, the vertical middle of Lex. It's weird. Is this? Totally I was like, is he moving? In, is he? Yeah, his apex sucks. Yeah. Is he? I thought is he moving in super speed? Is that what that's supposed to be? No, I think it's a like, motion blur. No, think, no, but he's—it's a blast. Yeah, it's an energy blast. Yeah, I—I I don't get it either. And Leviathan's head looks so chunky. In, uh, yeah, JRJR does that mass no favors. Like, like when you saw the original art in in the mini, you're like, oh, that's a kind of cool mask. It's a little bit too much, but like, I get it. See when it cut uh, to uh to you know Red Cloud uh, character uh, good. See when it cut to her, I was like, who's this? Because she looks nothing like she is. She's like, you know, and I was like, oh, it's maybe her because of the hair, but like, she looks so like different to every every other you know version of her up until now. Um, I, you know, as as an issue, it's fine. It's this one of these things where it's, it's here to just set up how the villains met each other, and the story and the writing for that is fine, right? But it's really hard to ignore the art. It's it's hard not to just read this and be miserable because the art looks this bad. Yep. Very hard to read, um, but no, like definitely that last page. That's supposed to be Metropolis being destroyed, right? Yeah, the middle is like basically a lot of destruction because of this fight. Yeah, yeah. I I am absolutely in awe of how bad this this issue was, and not because of Ben. I think that Ben, you know, it's not it's not the best issue because typically sometimes these villain issues are are tend to be some of my least favorite of a run, but they're, they're kind of necessary little evils of like, oh, here's here's just to explain how this came to be, right. uh, and it's fine in that respect. There's a couple of nice moments where Lex is impressed with what Leviathan's done. And, uh you know the, the writing's fine the writing's it's not it's not amazing but it's fine no, and and you get the point that the red cloud feels like she's in over her head as she's watching mm. the two super teams go to battle and she's just kind of watching from afar in her like full-on demon form you know so there's some nice moments there but yeah it was not good to read i i would i would rather brett booth have done the issue that, that's how more bad this is yeah, I don't like JRJR, and it, that sucks because I get that people do like him. But this is I, I even if you do like JRJR, I would think you'd look at this issue and go. But yeah, but do well, do, 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 do people who typically like JRJR do they like this issue? Because like, you know, his first because so. the first three issues of Silencer were JRJR, and yeah. I didn't like the art in that, but it was better than this. Well, it was like Kickass. No, and you look at Kickass. Kickass has some pretty decent art, and it's JRJR or 
the, the first time I remember reading a full-on JRJR book was was uh, Wolverine Wanted, right, way back in the day. Um, and that looked good. Like, you could tell it was JRJR. This is, this is like someone doing a bad JRJR impersonation, but it's JRJR. So, yeah. Yep. Um, what are you giving it, Matt? I'm giving this a four. I did not like it. Yeah, I'll give it a three. Three out of ten for Oof. me. This I I did not like reading this, and usually if the art's mediocre and the writing's good, I I can you know get past that yeah. and just enjoy the book for what it is. Uh, this was a, this was an example of the art being so extremely bad that I actually just did not like reading it at all. Uh, so uh, the quicker we get past this art, because I don't really like this arc anyway, uh, but I especially don't like uh, the Romita art. <laughs> so the quicker we can get out of this and into back to because action was better than Superman for the first twelve or whatever issues it yeah. was. Uh, definitely so I'm looking forward to getting back to that uh, luckily Superman's been very good right now so at least there's some mm-hmm. good stuff going on but uh, that is uh, Action Comics that'll take us on then to The Flash oh there's a lot of cheery happy books that we're all positive about uh, this weekend uh, hey I was positive about Justice League <laughs> Flash 87 uh, I met as a collective alright you were the yeah. exception to that one uh, Flash 87 Joshua Wilson writing with Christian Deuce on the art I, I, my first positive for this actually would be that I think Deuce's art in this is probably better than the books had recently so here's here's my quick take and I'm not going to ramble sorry, on sorry. you're saying Deuce is better than Sandoval for Flash yeah, the Flash. for the Flash yeah yeah, yeah. So, this is what I'll, I'll say. I feel like, finally, Captain Cold feels like Captain Cold. Right? Sure, yeah. Like, he has he has this, he has that grumpy demeanor there, and he's calling Barry nerd, and he's, he sussed out that he's a cop just based off of actions and stuff. Um, and then we get to the part with Pied Piper showing up and, and magically fixing everybody with harmonics. <laughs> yeah, I felt, I felt really quick and rushed. I agree. I, and... Yeah, I'd go. I'd go. <laughs> I, I think I'm over Flash right now. And it, it sucks. It sucks because I want to know what's going on with Paradox, but I don't want to keep wasting twice a month on this, you know? So I, I think this is where I get off the bus right now. Oh, just is that actually dropping it? Yeah, I think so. I just, I, I can't. Play. I. I gave up the Flash under Venditti for way worse than this, for way less, I should say. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I, I do, yeah. I do think this issue is better than the last. Yeah, like batch. Better, but I mean, I think even then, I, like it under some of the stuff that we did, like like Golden Glider is like, oh, she's just straight back to cold. Like, yeah, no, that really? that, like, what, that, what? that annoyed me. There was a couple of beats I liked. I liked. I, I didn't really necessarily like Cold saying "Stay away from my sister," but I did like the little yeah. comedy moment in the couch where Iris, she got her, like they sat down with some tea, and she's like, "So we're going to talk about Golden Glider." Like, I did actually kind of yeah. get a little chuckle out of that moment. It was it was kind of a funny little beat. I am. Yeah. Um, I, I wish we'd seen why they were going to Arkham. I know Barry says, oh, well, yeah, we're just going to Arkham to keep us separate from it. Mm. But there's no moment from the police getting to that conclusion or anyone. It's no. just, oh, we're just going to Arkham. Like, I don't know. I didn't quite get it. Yeah. yeah there was no, well, yeah. I mean, they can't go to Iron Heights because Iron Heights is all jacked up from stuff. And But then again, they could take them to Bell Reef, right? Yeah. And they well, Black we can't Gate, go to Blackgate. Bell Reef, Blackgate. They go, well, we can't right? go to Blackgate because Golden Glider's there and we can't be near, near Golden Glider. I'm like, why? Yeah, well, yeah, why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she shows up anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, but uh, look, the whole point, you'd put them in separate cells anyway, so what difference yeah. did it make? Um, I mean, and I actually kind of like how they tease Paradox at the end. I, I don't like this Flash from the future because I didn't like year one. Oh, uh, so I groaned. Yeah, like, I genuinely I, out loud I groan. did groan. 
I do kind of yeah. like though him sort of like doing the crisis thing, you know, where he kind of yeah. I I do like that part of it. I like the idea of it's a nice touch. Yeah, I, and this is where I guess you could say this is my own paradox where I'm over it, but I'm curious to see where it goes. <laughs> um, because there's stuff like and and just the way that Williamson brings up Commander Cold's death again. I don't really feel he's actually dead, but because he seemed too important. But then again, there's better ways to get rid of him throughout that last arc. Like, I just feel like, I don't know if Williamson's just been distracted because Nailbiter's coming back, right? Um, mm, but and Flash just, I don't know, is yeah. he getting his 100% or, or what? But I mean, we, since... we, we never really talked about it in, in the news, but with Tynan, um, you know, yeah. This is his last issue of Justice League Dark because because Batman is double shipping still, right. even though when he took it, it was announced as, hey, it was going to single shipping, so he thought he could do right. both. Right. And it's anyway, and he kind of made that decision as he can't he can't commit enough energy to both. And I wonder if Williamson's kind of got that where, of course, his yeah. energy naturally goes towards his own passion project, his own creator right. own thing more than this. And he's just kind of getting through the, the year now until this story well, is done. Since... Yeah, since I would say, like, when the four stuff started, it started a little bit dodgy, but it wasn't terrible. Then year one happens, and it hasn't been the same since. Yeah. Like, that's where my cutoff is, is year one. Um, but up until that point, up until the Force War or whatever, it was one of my favorite books DC is putting out. Like, it was a joy to read, even when it was a little bit silly, or even the, the, the shade, shadow stuff, like, Oh, it's two issues. We're done. Like it's, it's kind of frustrating that it's took a similar trajectory to King's Batman in that. Yeah. Oh, the first like fifty or so issues, sure, great, minor nitpicks here or there, but yeah, sure. Right. And then it's like, mm, okay, and that's where we get like the the Force War stuff here, and then right. Year One is is King's uh, nightmares. That's it's you know it, yeah. that's the parallel here. Yeah. And I just I don't think it's ever going to recover after that. Uh, yeah. And it and it looks. I, I know I'm I'm the Johns fanboy here, but I have so much more respect for Johns. Can I just? In that... I want to interject just on that parallel with King's Batman. Is that yeah. I actually think this Flash has gotten worse than King's Batman did. Yeah. I I think while King's Batman at the end had a lot of problems, I think it felt more spiritually still connected to what King was doing than mm-hmm. what I you know what this Flash is compared to what I liked about Flash before. Yeah, I agree with that. But that's that's where. I, I feel like the really special writers of the world, the Bendises, the the Johns, right? <laughs> I can feel Cutter yeah. wins there. There was an eyebrow raise. Uh, <laughs> the the Morrisons, the ones that can be on titles for a long time, and, never and it never... You were right. There's a, a very thought-out plan, right? And, and that's how Bendis got to 100 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, right? Like, More than he that. knew what he wanted... <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. That was like hundreds of good mark for me to go off of. Whereas with Johns and all his Green Lantern saga, right? It really wasn't until New Fifty Two when it started to feel like it was going off the rails, and he got twenty issues into that, and that was it. Um, but even from there, we had Jessica Cruz introduced, and he was doing other things for for um, Rebirth at that time. And so I just I look at these other writers and just seeing how much they've done because I think what was Morrison's by the time Batman was done between the minis. I and Inc. I, yeah, it wasn't uh, as high as a hundred, but it was no, like it, no it's three omnibuses it was, worth. Yeah, so like 
and we you know there was a plan there as as you go through it you know so i think no i think the, the key difference between uh you know we're, we're talking about morrison and mm-hmm. and um and and johns and mm-hmm. uh, I, I haven't read enough Mendes to know and i i, I don't want to use ultimate spider-man so i think that's a little bit different um mm-hmm. with uh with morrison johns they have vague outlines like they'll tease Mm-hmm. things years in advance mm. but they don't know exactly what they're going to do they know i've got an idea i'll get to it and we'll kind of take some detours along the way um but they managed to find that idea still at the end and come through whereas uh king's batman you know like okay that first arc we ended with uh you know the gotham girl and be like well and then and bruce wayne died or whatever it was right. and that was just forgotten about that was just gone yeah uh, never came and, up again you know, and there are things like that that just don't work and, and i mean there's a chance the that that'll pop up in batman catwoman but i mean we'll I mean, see yeah i think like, like with king i'm excited for anything at 12 issues or less i'm still excited you tell me he's on a book gonna do 100 issues i go Ooh, okay yeah um, yeah because i'm not sure he has it in him right yep. now so and i just i also feel like they're the double shipping is what's killing it too yeah, actually, that's, just a, too much. that's an interesting actual parallel. Is like, what what is King's hundred issue run of Batman if it was single shipping the entire time? Like, you know, like right. it would be. I mean, there's no way of doing this, but it'd be very interesting if we could compare those two versions and see what? which one. Yeah, you know. it has to be more economical. I feel because again, that's how I feel. Like, I didn't love all of John's as Green Lantern, right? But being that it was only coming out once a month, mm-hmm. it felt like that issue had to land more, right? Or I remember being disappointed when something didn't work out I mean, the way I wanted. Do you, you know? think for a second that Nightmares would have been seven issues, seven months long? Nope. Yes. No. I don't. I do. I think it would have been three at most. It would have been the three best issues. <laughs> of the run? That's I mean, bold. <laughs> no, of, of Nightmares. Of, no. You know. uh, honestly, I think it still is at least at least five or six, uh, even, even monthly. Um I think King was so critically acclaimed uh, and, you know, he'd got enough pull with the editors that he was kind of being given free reign to a point uh, at that time. It wasn't until after Nightmares where the sales really started going down and people started reacting the other way. Uh, En masse, of course. Um, There was always, you know, always people who were uh, not into it. Um, So I I think, uh, yeah, I think it still would have been fairly uh, lengthy. Um, because stylistically, I don't think much changed. You know, like if you read some of the early issues as opposed to some of the later issues, they don't feel that different. Uh, so I think it, I don't think it's just because of double shipping. Because I think, uh, you know, if you read as Mister Miracle, in terms of the the writing style and the, the amount of content, I don't think it's that different overall. Um, no. Which is why I don't think it is massively different on a monthly schedule. At least not for King's Batman. Flash might be. That might yeah. that might be more different. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, just... think, I'm thinking not so much the writing quality. I'm thinking more about things being set up and then not paid off. Things, things like that. Things where the planning is is changed. Because you know we were talking about how all these things came up and then never went anywhere and things like that. Like you know, if if there's time to really, if he had twice as much time to work in each issue early on, those early issues, is the plan stuff more thought out? Is you know things like that. Like okay. There's a possibility. There's a possibility yeah. that it does benefit from that. Would it be a, like such a big improvement that it would really be worth like rewriting history to make it happen? I don't know. It might be like only like a ten percent improvement, for example, as opposed to yeah. some night and day thing that's you know, mm. you know, worth arguing about. Because ultimately, it may not actually make that much of a difference to where it's you know, 
worth like sort of criticizing DC in the future if they if they, you know the Titans run is going to be double shipping now when it maybe wasn't before. Is it worth critiquing that? Maybe in the sense that it's taking them off another book that you wanted them on, but other than that, is it going to affect the quality of Batman itself? Um, they are definitely something that's up for debate, but we're not really talking about art. We're talking about writing quality here. No. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about coming from that one person first because uh, you know I think art is a very tangible, obvious thing we can point to and see what double shipping has caused. Batman already has had artist yeah. changes, uh, you know, and yeah. we can we can point to these and see them. Uh, we we can see them in, in Flash. We could see them in King's Batman as you know. Oh, fill in here, you know, or. or very fortunate that there were, there were rarely any bad artists, um, to be honest with you. We, we were yeah. lucky in that regard. But you can tangibly point to fill-ins. I mean, even down to the start of the book where it was announced as, hey, we got, we're doing two artists. It was uh, it was Janin and uh, Finch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, if this is monthly, it's probably just Janin. You probably never have that in, in the first case. It's announced as one artist, and that's it for a while. Uh, you know, you might have an odd issue off here or there, so we can have a break. But uh, you don't have these full extended arcs of okay, someone else is doing this for this arc. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I just it makes me sad as a Flash fan that now this is the second time I'm going to stop reading Flash. And let's hey, see let's if I see hear if it, from you guys. Well, yeah, well, as yeah. I say, let's see when the next issue comes out if Matt actually yeah. gives it up or if he just reads it out. Of half. I I took it off my list at the shop. Oh, so, yeah, but digital's yeah. still a thing. It is, but I can, <laughs> I have to have restraint. Um, I had to buy a new water heater this week, so I had to <laughs> trust the week, and that that's cutting into some stuff. Um, so, I, yeah. Um, I hope something happens in the Flash this next issue. Not that it's good per se, but a character yeah. appears or something. I can just say to Matt, hey, you know, this character appeared and Matt's like, damn it, I need to read it. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. Although that said, if I, if I wait and get them on it, maybe there'll be a sale and it won't, you know, be as much of a, of a financial burden. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, I, think, a, I think I'm done. On the issue itself, uh, Pete, I suspect this paradox is not the same character we read about in, uh, in whatever issue we just did on a uh, previously in the multiverse. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Cause, uh, everyone, we, 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 we hadn't looked ahead at the solicits much in this. We were just like, oh yeah, there's a there's a character called Paradox coming up and whatever issue we just read had a character called Paradox as the villain. And we we're like, maybe it's the same thing as being brought back and reworked. And, and um, the paradox in that in the in that issue of you know Wally's Flash that we just read in previously, which by the way, every other week previously in the multiverse, new show, go check it out. Uh but it was it had a really cool power set where he could like speed up and slow down time in like specific areas so one of the things that he would do is that you know as the flash was running to him he would speed up time in a circle on the floor and the building they're in like the because it's like basically thousands of years later as far as this little bubble of time in the floor was concerned the floor just crumbled beneath his feet because it'd been there for thousands of years (laughs) so and the dude was psychotic one of his favorite things to do he claimed was to speed up one half of a person's body so that half (laughs) of them would age horrifically and the other one would just not and yeah and just is, is, he, is he the guy all in white I can't, remember, yeah, I can't remember that sounds familiar <laughs> you guys just read it it was like two weeks ago yeah and I've read a lot of comics since then yeah do you know I mean? like, uh, first appearance is Flash Annual Volume 2 number 4 yes yep. that's the one that's him alright yeah I suspect this is not that paradox no which is a shame no, because yeah. when you Google Flash villain paradox, the first thing that comes up, the first hit is Williamson's 
Feels all nice. new version. Yeah. Yeah. So, debuting in Flash 88. Joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Flash. I, say, was... I think Matt is probably making the smart choice here. Probably. I'm seeing it to the end. <laughs> as much as. See, but that was the difference with. With King, I could understand King's Batman, where it was going, and where this are. I don't know where this is going. Like, I don't see a clean way. I think the difference is, well, this. King's, we knew 100 issues. 100 issues yeah. and he's done, and then it was cut shorter, but we got the, the other mini. But we, we always knew that. Williamson has never stated 100 issues and done. We're just assuming come 5G, he's off, and there's someone else in the kind of fresh start. I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty confident. I, no, I am as well, but. There's never actually been a statement of I know what my story is for a hundred issues or anything like that. It, it kind of does feel like he's just making it up as he goes along. I, I will be shocked if he's uh, still in the book next year. At least you know, like I think by the time we hit the start of twenty twenty one, if he's not already off the book, we'll know that he's leaving in a couple of months' time. Yeah, probably. But that'd be my guess. Matt, what are you giving this issue? Four point five. <laughs> Carter. Four. I guess I'll be Mr. Positive. I'll give it a five. Uh, so, the- and I realized I started out by saying it wasn't that bad, but I'm just my, my will. It. You're in a mood. Yeah, You're in a mood it- with Flash now. Yes. Yeah. You're feeling grumpy. Uh, so much positivity in the books this week. Can we talk about something positive next, please? Well, Whatever uh, it was going to be, just change it. Well, I, mean, I don't know if this is positive, but it's Justice League Dark 19, James Tay in the fourth with oh, Alvaro yeah, Martinez. Yeah, that's pretty positive. Um, we should mention as well, in case you've not read this book yet, uh, there was a printing error if you picked the second print. Uh, some of the pages are out of order. Um, don't ask how. It, it happens occasionally, and it's frustrating yeah. when it does. The digital version is correct. So, um, yeah. Sorry, guys, if you picked up in print and you were a bit confused. Yeah. So I, I read it. So I fell asleep reading this the other night, so I had to read it again. Just so, But I read it digitally, so it's there, fine. There are worse things in life. Yeah. Um, I really... Gonna miss Tynan on this book. I don't know when his last one is, but I know he's. This is it. You know, Ram V's taking over. Yeah, this is the last so, time. Issue. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm gonna miss him. Uh, I like what he leaves the state of magic in. Um, yeah, this, in this does issue. feel like he knew writing this. This was his last one because yeah. it opens. Um, we we cut in between two time periods, uh, yeah. uh, a week apart, and it's um, it's Kirk interviewing yeah. Diana. About and, yeah. In, in one week in the future, and we're cutting back to the action and stuff as it goes on. Um, but the, the end of this first page is, you know, Kirk saying, in short, what is magic? And that feels like the thesis of, of okay, Tynan's rest of this, as this was his 1920 right. issue run, whatever, including the yeah. bits. That's what he was questioning. And he doesn't answer everything. He, you know, he doesn't leave all the threads tied up. We, we still have all the other kind to deal with. He's left that for Ramby to deal with as he sees fit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he said this in his newsletter this week, if, if you want to go and check that out. Um, he basically said, hey, you know, uh, it, it sucks I didn't get to do it because, you know, he, he wanted to, but yeah. Batman, uh, which I get. Uh, and he didn't tell Ramby, like, oh, this is what I had planned. It's just like, hey. These know, are the seeds. You go grow seeds. your. Yeah, do yeah. what you want with it, but just please don't ignore it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I appreciate that, but uh, yep. the actual issue. Um, so I mean, a lot of great action. Yeah. So we we get the 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 finale of the fight between Cersei's in in Justice League Dark, which she officially calls them, which I thought was yep. good. And you can kind of tell this. I don't want to say it was rushed, 
but I feel like he had more planned for some of this because it ends very abruptly. But in, in the best way possible, I think he sticks the landing where as so it looks like Cersei's gonna win, right? And then Diana with the the deal she made with Upside Down Man yep. comes out through. But she's fully, I guess, you wanna say possessed by Hecate, but it's Diana in three forms, right? Like the yeah. like like Hecate. And uh, they they start going to war with Cersei and and they go through the Injustice League dark. And like probably my the, the part of that made me laugh the most was when they told uh, Papa Midnight, you know. So do you, you, know, look, you can you can feel off halfway. Do you really want to go there? Yeah. No, I surrender. I don't. I surrender. And Clarion takes uh, Zombie Grundy and just runs and, off. And, yeah. and runs off. And, and she's and Cersei's looking at everything falling apart. And even Floronic Man's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, I guess I'm done. Although I feel like he's going to be the bridge to the next story arc. Um, so, uh, given that, that Ramby did the Parliament of Flowers yeah. uh, annual, which I should probably go back and read now that he's taking you, over the you book. You should. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. It's pretty good. Um, so, yeah. So, we, we see, you know, Diana with the power of Hecate come back and basically help Cersei come to terms with with magic, right? Like, yes, you wanted to win. But at what cost? You know, you you know, magic's something that's meant to be shared. You're kind of hoarding it, and you know, at first it looks like Cersei's going to give in, right? And then no, she decides that she's going to attack uh, attack Diana with Eclipso and the Black Diamond, and it and it cuts her, and we see Diana possessed by Eclipso, which that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it does look great, doesn't it? The the art yep. is fantastic. There are some yep. wonderful colors. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who's the oh. Brad, Brad Anderson doing an incredible job. I also like how the the, the triple Diana uh, deals with the dragon. Where it's like, you're just reanimated bones back back from when she came. Yeah, it turns them into treasure. Which that page with the gorgeous yeah. layout of uh, Kent, uh, not not Kent, uh, Fate uh, as as Kelly right. now shows up uh, in mm-hmm. the middle, and. Um, some incredible layout work and it's kind of fixing the things that have been done, mm-hmm. gone wrong. Uh, that's the page that was in the wrong place. Uh, uh, it was actually like two or three pages earlier in the printed edition than it should have been. Okay. Uh, yeah, which that is a shame. But yeah. Um, but that, so yeah, so Khalid shows back up um, to save everybody yeah. from Eclipse. So, and Ken's uh, like, oh that. man, what the hell did you do? What did you do? He goes, no, it's fine. Um, and he's basically, he had made the deal with Naboo that, no, you work for me now. This is how we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see where he says all of this. Yeah, yeah it's it's Naboo talking, saying his, his host has yeah. shown him there's still work to do to contain right. chaos. I, I've given him control, and, you know, he's right. has the power. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that layout with, with him where you see it makes a, a pentagram, not yeah. a pentagram, a pinnacle, and, yeah. and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, so... Diana reaches out to Cersei and it's on this realm, but it's not just the realm she was on the moon. Like there's waterfalls and and everything. And it's, it's gorgeous, yeah. She gives Cersei magic and says, You're now the guardian. Protect yeah. it. And this actually, I know last week in, in Wonder Woman 750, we were like, this doesn't feel like the Cersei we've been reading. This feels well, like the first step towards that Cersei. Yep. Yeah. So 
And she's like, well, this is kind of what I wanted. And, but you know, I'll always double cross you. And, and she's, she's like, like well, well, yeah, we'll see, but I'm, I'm not going to trust you just to have you. all this magic out in the wild. Come on. Um, right. you, you can stay exactly. here until, until, uh, until I feel like I can trust you some more. <laughs> yeah. So not only do they contain Cersei, they basically Dorian gray her and place her into a mirror yep. that's laced with the black diamond um, and nth metal from Dr. Voight's helmet. Yeah. And um, Zatanna's like, damn, this is impressive. Yeah. Good, good job. Yeah. Um, also, Bobo coming to his senses and be like, "Look, I know I'm a chimp, but I'm civilized. Where's my clothes? Yeah, yeah. I'm not wearing like, pants." The first time, he's like, "Why the f am I naked? What the hell's going yeah. on?" <laughs> it might be a chimpanzee, but I'm and, not a nudist. And <laughs> you've got Kogo. Yeah. Um, Khalid, sorry, I, I think I tried to eat you. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, and and so and now uh, Papa Midnight's gonna be kind of staying around because, like, you know, um. We're going to need your help in dealing with this. You, you've helped create this mess. And Khalid's now fate. So we'll have him and Kent Nelson. And I like that. It's it's very magical firestorm almost. Because you yeah. have Kent Nelson who's been with Naboo forever. And he knows the magic. And then you have Khalid who's still learning but has Naboo's trust more than and, Kent and ever did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah. And then Diana tells him about the deal that she made with with. Uh, upside down man and that she might have doomed us all but there's only one way to see you know yeah, uh, and, uh, and we're, we're in the oblivion bar and, and dead man's mm-hmm. there now as well yep you have dead man you have Tracy 13 there still um, and who's the guy in the suit yeah I, was, I wasn't sure on that either because Constantine's up the other end um, yeah it looks like it could be Jason Blood maybe that's what I was thinking too um but yeah, yeah. Um, but so, in so if we were going this chronological, so the week later, Man Bat's uh, interviewing her about what magic is, and he kind of goes through what everyone else says that magic is, and it all, and this is why I like Tynan, is he really does think about the 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 mind space of all the other characters. Yeah, it's not just and, his opinion; it's what would no. this person think. Right, and I'm trying to get to that page where. Uh, it's pretty early it. on, I think. Yeah. Um, Just what is magic? Let's go back. Uh, yeah, here you go. Kill, uh, yep. Bobo called it a curse. Khalid called it a yep. burden, and Zatanna just gave him a look, and 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 he was pretty horrified yeah. by it. Which, which to me is what, what was that look? Is that that she's like? She just, it's it's, it's a don't go there. You're not ready. Right. Sort of look. Right, right, right. So, and then uh, yeah, and then. For him, it's a science, right? Yeah. And for Diana, it basically becomes magic. Is it's the it's, impossible made it, possible? Yeah, it's it's. She would say it's wonder, um, right? But then it, we come back a little bit later, and she goes, "But I but I can't call it wonder. That would be a lie right. because there's too much of a darkness to its edge. You know, right? It, it, it's power, um, a power and fear. Universe. Yeah. And that's what she's learned through this. There's nothing. There's nothing that feels as good or as right as wielding that power. And there's nothing in my life that I feared more. And again, that's yeah. what makes her Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, and I'm glad that Tynan has such a grasp on characters and team settings. Like, this boils down to a conversation with Manbat, right? Who's approaching this at a scientific level. And she's just kind of like, well, it's not necessarily science. It's it's 
good magic <laughs> essentially you yeah. can't look at it at that way and and then so towards the end we get a hint that you know there's stuff stirring in the green in the parliament and the tease for the next issue or the next storyline is that it says the parliament of life yeah and, uh, uh, because on that big page where they're fixing everything mm-hmm. um she, you know they're trying to fix it. You know, okay, they they put Bobo and Kirk back, but uh, Swamp Thing, she, 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 you can't reach him. Um, only f- sense the faintest trace in the green. Mm-hmm. And Kelly's like, right, okay, well, problem for another day. Just do what we can now. Um, right. But it is okay. That's something that we're going to get back to. And and I, I wasn't even sure we get at this issue, but it is. No, no, no. That's the next yeah. thing. We are going to go find Swamp Thing in in the in the Parliament by the sounds of it. Which makes sense with with Ram V because he did the Floronic Man issue. Yep, and and set that up. So that's where we're gonna go. So yeah, Titan Titan leaves it in a nice, neat place. Uh, I like the idea of the the upside down man's not done, right? But done for now. Uh, there's a there's an art in leaving a book with thread still going for someone to mm-hmm. pick up, but still giving right. it uh, an ending in its own right. Because oh. um, I think a lot of comic trades have a a tendency to want to put the toys back in the box where they found them for someone else right. to have their turn with what they right. think of their story. Whereas this is more no, hey, no, no, I've done my bit. I've done most of a story. Mm-hmm. Now it's your turn to pick up some of the things I didn't finish off. And uh, there right. is an art to that. Um, and well, I, and, and I always say Morrison, uh, most of Morrison stuff's not for me, but he is really a master at that. Like creating Professor Pig. And then just, just having Professor just Pig so that someone can use him later. Exactly, you know. So, or or just the concept of Talia and Leviathan. Like, look what Bendis has done with Leviathan since. And as far as I know, that was that was Morrison's creation for her to get out from from Ra's al Ghul's shadow. So, so. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah, there is an art to it. The entirety of the silence are only exists because of that. Right. Uh, in, yeah. in in a in a roundabout way, and you know, it is you know, leaving those threads in a way that okay, you know, I've told a story with them, but it's not done, right? Uh, and, and that's what we've got here. Uh, no, this is a great issue. I'm I'm sad to see Tan and Leaf because it's Me too. It's, it's been consistently one of my favorite books for the last you know nearly mm-hmm. two years now. Yep. Um, I hope Ramsey is, is uh, ne- anywhere near as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what you rating it? Uh, I have this eight point five. Yeah, me too. Weird. I don't like when we line up because you're way more consistent than I am. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Can I finally be positive? I want to be positive. Let's talk about Suicide Squad issue two by none other. Where's my mm-hmm. Where's my button? <gasps> I did a cough. <laughs> so for those that don't know, we can't hear this. So no. we're just hearing Pete. Uh, it's doing a thing. It's it's like cutting off like halfway through for some reason. It's never done this before. He's broken his button. Tom Taylor. Finally, it went through. It took like three tries. I don't know why. Anyway, Tom Taylor's right <laughs> with Bruno Redondo on the art, um, and this is the squad's first mission. Uh, they're told to go yep. in and kill a president who's refusing to leave, even though he lost, because they want their appointed president to be put in uh, in place. Right. Uh, this doesn't so feel foreshadowing at all. Uh, no. <laughs> so, so yeah. So they have to split, and half the team's gonna go uh, with with Harley to secure, you know, the new president or to to secure the old president, right? And the other half are gonna go with Deadshot 
to, to get the new president. Granted, I read this when I was super tired, so I might be missing stuff. Well, it starts off with a tease of what happens. The president there is certain then actually gets shot at the end. It looks like they're ambushed. And this is all kind yep. of a tease because at the end of the issue, we find out that this is a fake ambush where uh, the big character from the, the new young... Oh, Sita. Sita, there you go. Um, she basically... Revolutionaries. She takes like the bad guy's machine gun and shoots herself and just talks as if they're being asked. So it's an ambush and someone else, one of our teammates says something. Oh. And Deadshot's just kind of standing and watching like, what the hell? And then eventually uh, this president dude just begs, no, 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 I'm here, I'm here to be, be the person that's put in place. Don't kill me, please don't kill me. And then, uh, you know, she kills him and just goes, shh, you know, to Deathstroke. The dead shot. So, uh, it's a Deathstroke, sorry, not Deathstroke. Uh, yep. And it's just a fun little moment where like, they're, they're, obviously they're still doing their, their own little political, you know, activis yep. activism in their own way within Suicide Squad, even though they've been warned by uh, this new, you know, boss that, you know, it'll kill them. Cause, I forget his name. Yeah, because there's a, there's a fight at the start, actually, between Finn and Shark, because Shark's like, hey, I ate your brother, and you can't telepathically feel him anymore. Uh, you know, he's taunting him. It's just good stuff. <laughs> and he's like, oh, there's only oh, like I... five inches of glass between us, so you go the same yeah. way as your brother, and Finn just punches through yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and the way that he says, too, like, you know, uh, this is what it felt like to eat your your brother. Well, he tastes terrible, but I like the way he wiggled. Yeah. He's like, Taylor, you sick SOB. Yeah, and like, all, the, all the dialogue is great. You know, Harley mouthing yeah. off and the, the, you know, the boss just like, you know, silencing her with some tech uh, is, yeah. is just good stuff. Um, Like, all the way the banter back and forth, it just feels so natural and smooth. It just flows. So, and they are mm-hmm. really good. I think Redondo's art's really clean. It's, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah. It's so cartoony expressive. Um, Some great colours as well. Uh, I don't know who's on colours. Yeah. yeah, see when they're in the helicopter, because there's a whole joke where the, the one who has wings is afraid to fly. Um, right. And the Deadshot's like, wait, what? You've got wings? And she's like, yeah, no, I like to fly. I don't like being inside a metal bucket that's got flammable fuel that could blow up at any, you know. And then yeah. they, they all teleport out there and leave him on the, the helicopter in his own. As just get, being shot down. Yeah. yeah. So there's a great bit of colour in there as, as the bullets are going through the cockpit. You see, like, uh, it turns red instead of blue yeah. for the next uh, guy. Adriana Lucas uh, is doing the colours. So. Yeah, really good. It happens a few times. Even on that very first page with the credits, um, you know, there's a stark white background, and then you know the the red of the, the with the gunshot in the middle of that page. It just stands mm. out so much. Yeah, absolutely. This is you know this was the book I was looking forward to the most this week, and yep. it's it's so weird that I'm this excited about a Suicide Squad book, but that that's what happens when you put uh, our Lord and Savior Tom Taylor. Taylor on a book. We will be excited about any book he does, no matter. You can you can give me the shittiest premise of any book, yeah. and tell me Tom Taylor is writing it, and that- I will go. I'll take five copies, please, sir. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want to go back and read Injustice just because of that. Now yeah. I actually started. I, I started it. First, um, like six issues, and it's good. Yeah, it is. It's still not my thing, but you know, um, I just like I've said this before. But Suicide Squad's a concept that I've just never really been that in love with, and immediately yeah. he just made it work for me. No, admittedly, I've never read the classic Suicide Squad stuff, and I'm still excited about the new movie because it's also you know this. He introduced gun. all these new characters too, yeah. right? Which I think that helps. Because he's he's already telling people this is not going to be like a typical Suicide Squad, and I do feel like sometimes it goes when they when they start a new Suicide book, Squad book, they try to make it too close to stuff that's come before. And I got to give Taylor credit that he's like, no, that's we're, I'm cool. doing my Suicide Squad something different, yeah. And and yep. like I say I've not read any of the classic like the Ostrander stuff. Yeah. But 
that might actually be quite good. I mean, fair, yeah, maybe. I, I've, only, I've tried New Fifty Two. I tried Rebirth. You know, yeah, tried. The... I liked four issues of the New Fifty Two book when uh, when Cot took over yeah, and, and yeah. then and then was left. Here's here's a detail that I love. I love at the end when you know she kills the president dude and says shush because obviously they're they're going through the motions because they can hear everything mm-hmm. they're saying right and they're in a tunnel mm-hmm. so they can't be seen right now but they can still be heard because all their chips have audio transmitters mm-hmm. in yeah, them. Yeah, they're on comms. Um. And Deadshot looks genuinely quite scared before she does the shush thing. And all I can think about is the idea of Deadshot and Harley and maybe some of the other like OG Suicide Squad members next issue being like, these assholes are going to get us killed because he threatened us. He said he was going to blow us all up. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's so far, he's proven to be quite willing to do it. Um, yep. He doesn't tolerate what Waller did. He's, he's much more you know militant about it. Um, yeah. Well, and, and this is the price of that guy bringing in a team Instead of, you know, Waller brought in individuals yeah. that were forced to work together for their own greater good. Now you have the revolutionaries coming in. And I was like, well, no, you guys killed us. We're going to take some yeah, casualties as well. A, they're a pre-established unit that with their own agenda already. Whereas, yeah. generally speaking, you can throw Deadshot, Harley, Shark, and you know, mm-hmm. pick any others together. And they might become a team over time, sure. Like, right. you know, we just, you know, Peter said, the OG squad in this context. Because... Right. You know, uh, Harley and Deadshot definitely have, you know, some familiarity and a, and a, a team right. bond because they've had, you know, they've worked together for a while now. These guys have their own team bond already, and mm-hmm. you've just thrown that in the mix. And I think there's more of them than there is original members yeah. as well. I don't think it's yeah. something we consider when we read the first issue, this dynamic that's been created here where yep. because they do have this camaraderie already... It does make the OG Suicide Squad members kind of the outnumbered, like odd people out. Uh, yeah. And what does what sort of situation does that put them in? That now they're just kind of like tagged along for this ride, where they're going to try and get away with all this shit because they're going to try and use this to their advantage as best they can. Yeah. Uh, and what sort of danger does that put them in? Uh, so, I mean, I mean, credit where credit is due. We did go on issue here without any of the squad members being killed. Right, but when it opened, that's not what I was thinking. I oh, was of course. like, oh man. Taylor's already thrown us into the the wood chipper here, uh, yeah. uh, with, with uh, we, some, we, some uh, of the uh, new characters. Yeah, we had some great deaths last issue, so I'm, I'm talking about they'll yeah. be back before long. But I just and I appreciate that. I still wasn't sure that no one was going to die. You know, like, I was oh, yeah. like, oh no, no one's dying in this issue. I was like, hey, it's really possible. And it, sure, no one died in this issue. But going into issue three, I'm going, yeah, someone yeah. could die in this issue. I oh, believe yeah. that. He, he would have to go issues and issues and issues with no one dying before I started to not feel like it's possible. Like, is uh, yeah, right. Basically, Deadshot and Harley feel safe. Yes. Harley yeah, and Zebra Man. Zebra Man's not safe. <laughs> like, He's safe for now. There's like a 10% chance they'll let him kill Deadshot. There is a very small chance. Yeah. But all the others are fair game. Har- yeah, Har- Harley's the only one 100% they will never let him touch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Also, the the country they went to is Badisnia, which is where that uh, the Flash story took place uh, with the the mental force, the the, the wisdom sage. Sage, there you go. Oh, with right. the sage force, where they had to go undercover because all the all the bad guys and yeah. whatnot. So that, that, that that's fun. So of course that place would be installing a puppet dictator. I do. I just. Yeah. I love that between this ongoing and deceased getting a sequel, it feels like Taylor's veering more towards DC this last six months or so, right? It just. It feels yeah. like he's coming home. Yeah. Yes, it's a new home that he didn't know he should have had, but he should have had it all along. Uh, and I'm just. I, I like that he's he's doing like a lot of team books. I want to see him on a solo book at DC because mm-hmm. um, deceased is. 
basically a team book. This yeah. is a team book. Uh, Injustice was a team book for you know for all intents and purposes. I want to see him on a solo character, and we've we've seen the odd issue of Batman. I, I, and I, I think we'll get. It. I, I think what's great about all the stuff he's doing is that it is all kind of side stuff. Justice was the most prolific thing he's done so far in terms of being a mainline thing. I do think this this feels like the perfect kind of grooming to me, where in a couple of years' time when they announce he's the new writer on Batman or Superman or Justice League, it's going to feel like oh shit, they're, they're finally giving it to him. They're giving him one of these big. You know, boots, or even like Flash, or like whoever, even even Supergirl, like you know, because he did that Supergirl, you know, short story in one of those anthology books, and it was like one of the best short stories I'd ever read. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay if you want to take Orlando off Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah put my Wonder Woman. That's fine. Uh, I love how we're just giving him more work. Let's be honest, though. <laughs> is is there a is there a book right now that you would go, no, absolutely not, do not take them off that to put Tom Taylor on it? Because for me, I think there is any book, I'm, even the ones I'm enjoying a lot. I'm like, I mean, you want to give me Tom Taylor? You know, they, they'll get six issues to finish off the story. What else? Am I... hey, well, if they're getting six issues, fine. But they get six yeah, issues like, from now to finish off the story. You're not though. touching Hawkman, yeah. and you're not touching Superman right now. But um, the other ones, I can't say you're not wrong. Hold on, I'm, I'm just trying to think of what else I'm when, really liking right now. Out of interest, Matt, when you say Superman, there, are you including action as well, or like Bendis no. keeps action and, and Taylor can have Superman? No, no, no. It, just because of how it keeps trading importance. <laughs> as of right now, Superman's the important one, okay. whereas action was before. So, so you want Bendis to keep one of them, and Taylor yeah. would get the other. Be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I, I, honestly, I, thinking about it, I yeah, I don't think there is a book right now where I wouldn't have as long as I get to finish the story. Yeah, yeah, they're not taking off it immediately. Yeah. Like, 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 it's not like yeah. the next issue is Taylor. They're given, yeah. you know, the regular amount that they're told, hey, you know, you're off this you book know, now to finish up. Do you know what the funny thing is? Is that, you know, between, you know, a weird zombie like Elseworld and Suicide Squad, they've also kind of proven to me now at this point that I can't even be that disappointed. If they say they announce them on something like, I don't know, like Tom Taylor's going to be the new writer on Red Hood, right? That sounds like a slap in the face at face value, but at this point, he's proven that every time he's on something I don't care about, he makes it gold. He makes it work. <laughs> All right, we know that he's good with comedy, so him writing Bizarro alone, <laughs> I'd be okay with. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, like again, I don't hate the idea of Red Hood by itself, but you put that writer on there. Admittedly, there's a hundred million things I'd rather rate than Red Hood, but you know. Yeah, but I'm honest, saying it's not. Red Hood I'm not reading Red Hood because it's it's Red Hood. I'm not reading it because he's attached to it. That's why. Little I call me, little I call him B. Yeah. <laughs> Red Hood could have been an answer to that FPS uh, character. Oh God. Do, do <laughs> I really want his wisecracks every time I shoot something in an FPS? I don't think so. You do if they're written by Tom Taylor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And who knows? Maybe who knows what's going on in Red Hood? I mean, Connor knows what's going on in Red Hood. None of us else do. How do we know that Jason Todd couldn't end up on the Suicide Squad at one point? Like, oh. I'm actually here because he's got Generation Next. You not, do, not X. He's got a heavy Rainsdale game that's Gotham Central. Oh, if you, I just you just make an F to Jason jokes. X to Jason. <laughs> I, I, no, that's because of a joke in another comic this week. Jason, 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 Jason. That, that's the name, right? <laughs> of the kid that he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. seen those clips. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, Jason. Although they kind of replaced that a couple years ago with uh, the God of War, where he's like, boy, boy, boy. Even I know those. Yeah. Is it, it's that bit where you lose him in the little maze area and you're just shouting his name out constantly looking for him. 
Boy. Except one of those games is much better than the other. Obviously, yes. No, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. Heavy and, Rain does not And also, up. more importantly, in one of those games, that's not the entire game. Yes, that's true. That's also true. Uh, so wait, what's the point of Heavy Rain? Let's, let's go on a sidetrack. Oh. So, <laughs> it's a detective story with multiple outcomes. You you have to do the detective work. Yeah, but you, you, do, you play multiple things. characters. You play like a detective. You play a couple of different characters who might be related to the case. Uh, you're playing I out, think seven. Yeah, you're playing out kind of set scenarios, though, where you do have some choices, but they're kind of limited. It's not as freeing as they let you pretend it is. So it's more of a... Yeah. It's more like a choose-your-own-adventure where you know the choices don't really matter that much. You ever, you ever play Monkey Island? That's kind of like what Monkey Island no, is. Yeah, I, I, can, yeah, I can kind of see that comparison. Um, yeah. It's full of plot holes, though. I actually think... So, 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 see, so when I played it the first time, I got to a certain point and I realized something. I'm like, wait a minute, this is bullshit. Uh, I, I enjoyed it well enough. I'd never want to play it again. I like the start of it when the atmosphere was just getting going. It was the same in the previous game with the same guy, uh, Fahrenheit uh, 911? No, that's a that's a documentary. Uh, it was Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit yeah. no, it was just yeah. Fahrenheit. <laughs> it's just Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy. David Cage. Games. Yeah, uh, like that started off really cool, but the plot went into insane places after the first hour, and it just became stupid. Uh, I feel I felt that way about all the games I've tried of of his. It's just it's just Fahrenheit. Just Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. And every game he puts out looks the, the, the like you know Detroit Become Human was last year, oh, no, 2018. Yeah, and it's just like. It's a David Cage game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways. 2,000 page script. <laughs> murder something with that. It's because there's all these branching though. You have all these different possibilities. No, I, yeah. I understand that, but it's, I think 2,000 pages, right? And if one of those is a minute, as they tell you in, in film school, mm-hmm. you know, try to write each one a minute, like that's, that's a lot. <laughs> 2,000 minutes, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That's great Suicide Squad, shall we? I think we've gushed about it. Uh, Matt, what are you giving it? I'm giving it an 8.5. Connor? Um, I was going to give it an 8.5, but looking through it again at the art and the colours, I'm going to bump it up to a 9. Yeah, I'm giving it a 9. 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, Taylor Taylor has not fault, faulted me yet, so... Uh, that'll take us out of the last new book of the week, uh, which I think is just Connor. So uh, make this snappy, Connor, will you? Uh, yeah, we'll do. Dial H for Hero number 11, Sam Humphrey's writing with Joe Quinones on the art. Yeah, so a complete shift in perspective uh, for this issue. So all the others have been, not exclusively, but majority have been from Miguel's point of view with some of their, and, you know, occasionally some scenes are hers perspective, but this issue is mostly hers. Um so we get like some flashbacks, you know, tons of different art styles again here. Um, we get some flashbacks of, of her with her dad and her dad was in prison and um, we didn't really know what exactly had gone on. Um, her dad was like, he, he was a pharmacist um, and he lived in like a really small town. So, you know, and um, but then stuff went wrong. The economy tanked, you know, the, the drug prices went up and even people who had prescriptions couldn't really afford them. So he would like steal drugs and you know give them away to the people who needed them, but then he got a bit greedy and started you know stealing some other drugs and started selling them, and you know got caught, which is why he went to prison. Um, so that kind of gives you a, a lot of perspective here of uh, what the the issue is here for Summer is that uh, her dad wasn't a villain. He was he was trying to do the right thing. He just uh, I think she calls it he lost his north star. He just lost his way a little bit and kind of got a, a bit too caught up in the in the in the moment. Um, but he wasn't a bad guy um, because that's what she feels about Miguel in this issue because Miguel is working uh, with the operator. Uh, the operator? 
the evil one. Um, you know, it's the opera. Um, and no, the opera is a good one. What's the bad one? Oh, I'll get to it in a minute. It's bugging me. But either way, um, he's off uh, working with him, and he's split into four. He's the four Supermen. We're doing. You know, we're still doing Reign of the Superman stuff, and he's on Apocalypse, fighting. You know, Calabac and Granny Goodness, um, trying to get the K dial, and you know, and, and we're seeing all this kind of through a flashback. Um, and it turns out that the Granny Goodness is telling the story here to Summer, um, because she gave him the K dial because she's like, yeah, we don't care. Sure, we had it, but every time anyone tried to use it, they would just vanish. They'd never come back, and we don't want to deal with that. Uh, so sure, take it. And then um, we get an interesting page where this this book's been doing a lot of these gimmicks where they'll do stuff. Um, this is a cut along the lines and cut out this page. And build your own K dial, and it's you know one of you know you fold all the flaps together. Um, I hope someone did it because it, it looks like it would work. I hope someone cut up their comic and made this because you know I, I love this comic and you know and, and, and maybe this is sacrilegious to some people suggesting this. Don't, don't immediately bag and board it, but yeah, cut it up, make the comic, make make the phone. Why not? It looks cool. <laughs> it's clearly what they want. Yeah, I mean this particular one. I'm I, I haven't got this in, in, in physical yet. Um, I'm fairly sure there's probably an ad on the back of this page that will let you get away with it. Um, because there's very little other story on this, uh, on this page in particular. Uh, so yeah, go for it. Why not? <laughs> uh, Mr. Thunderbolt. That's the evil one that that uh, that Miguel's working with. But um, yeah, Summer comes back to the Deeper Heroverse with the operator, and she's still got the the C dial. Um, but they've got the other three now, and um, you know, operator's like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. But you know, we're in deep, deep uh, shikamagee. <laughs> He's really thinking about it. Um, but yeah, this is their whole plan. Is you know, they want to turn everyone, you know, two point eight quadrillion people into superheroes all at once. And it's you know, and it's like, could you you know, we saw a version of this when everyone in Metropolis got powers, and it was chaos. Um, so it's like, can you imagine how bad it's going to be? And you know, it's still all like, no, I don't want to just take out Miguel. You know, he's just you know, he's just lost sight of his North Star. You know, and, you know, we can we can bring him back. And they show up, and she uses the dial and becomes a low low kick you. Um, and there's a bit of a fight sequence. She's like, wait, hang on, I thought there was four of you, and then the the steel one just shows up behind her, you know, smashed through a truck that she was supposed to escape in. And there's a lot of trying to talk him down. You're like, hey, you know, look, you know, let's just go get falafel in Metropolis. It's, just, it's cool. But uh, obviously that doesn't go down so well. And, and there is a fight. And they take the dial. They take the sea dial. And they go back with Mr. Thunderbolt. And, okay, he's like, here you go. Here's the yellow dial. Use it and you'll go back to, you know, your original self. Because, you know, job's done. Because the, the, the Y dial, again, that's the one that split them into four. Um, so they use it, and he returns into two people, because there was four of them, so they go back to four. Um, we get Super Miguel and Thunder Montez, but it's Superman Red and Blue. Uh, it, it, that's, that's what we're doing here now. Fair enough. Uh, and, you know, they, you know so it's uh, the blue one is, is good Super Miguel. And he's trying to use the phone, the Y dial again. He's like, okay, sure. Okay, that made us into two. So we'll do it once more and that'll bring us back to one. And it, it doesn't work. And he's like, well, what, what's, what's going on? And 
And Mr. Thumbwalt explains that this is why you know him and the operator will never be just one Robbie Reed again, because it only works, the reverse version of it only works if both people's hearts want it to. And uh, you know, and, and the red one's like, no, I don't want to be stuck with that dumbass. This is this is terrible. Uh, I'm not doing that. So he go, you know, they trap um, Miguel and Summer in in the keyhole, which is in the cave. Uh, you know, when they ring it, uh, the eternal oblivion cable, and and they're just stuck in there. And it, it looks uh, fantastic. Everything's kind of uh, gray tones. Uh, gorgeous like there's like black lightning going through it uh, looks great um black lightning how do you get there do you know what as soon as i said that i was like brush past it before anyone has a chance nope uh, but no um but no we, the, the final scene then is um we cut back to the the thunderbolt club and we've got they've got all four dials and he's like all right then ring the magic number which is of course 52 because um, what else would it be? If this porn community ever wants to do a, a porn parody of the 50, series 52, then that's the number. I'm yep. not saying anything. Just call it 69. Man definitely hasn't searched for that before. And then the new 69 will be the reboot. <laughs> but, um, Either way, oh. you know, Mr. Thunderbolt vanishes after using all four of the uh, the dials, and we we cut around um, and we see like the the monitor in the Oreo worlds being like, you know, breach alert! What what's going on? Um, we see Bart running and you know, hey, something's wrong with the speed force. It feels like she's been ripped down the middle. Um, Dark side, you know, impossible. The sphere of the gods, you know, th- through the source fall, all the way into, and then the final page is the Overvoid, and. This is the, the, the multiverse H-dial. Um, and it's Mr. Thunderbolt. Time to reboot all of history and every reality in his image, in the image of Mr. Thunderbolt. And then, uh, yeah, next issue, dial F for final issue. Which is, that's why I said F earlier instead of X, because um, I was thinking of uh, F for respects. Uh, right. Yeah. Where uh, does that come this. from? Why is it F for respects? I know It's a Reddit this. thing, isn't it? I don't I think it's older than that. Uh, it, you do see it a lot on Reddit. You'll just yeah. see threads of people saying it. Just F. Playing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've uh, seen it. I, I know what it means, but I just don't know where it comes from. I know. I, uh, I, I first seen it. I don't know where it. it comes from. Know your meme. Hold on. I'm going to find this out. Yeah. Y'all talk. Y'all talk about your Patreon books now. <laughs> and I'll look yeah. this up. All but, right. Uh, no, but I just to, to rate this very quickly. Art uh, again, fantastic. Some of the best of the book. Um, it, you know, one of the strongest issues, and that's saying something. Um. It's just like an eight point five. Yeah, this is great. All right. All right. So press up to pay respects. It comes from Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, which was an action prompt featured in a quick time event. So I guess if someone died, you could press F to, or X to pay respects. Who's playing uh, yeah. audio back? No. That's probably outside or something. Okay. Right I mean, I've got music playing through my headphones, but I have had the whole show. Why? And I always do it work outside. Yeah. That's a saw. I actually think it's maybe Cora's music for some reason that's uh, sneaking it's in. It's still going. It was there saying to stop now. <laughs> it wasn't like I, I, could, I, could, I couldn't tell what it was. It just said like faint music or like TV audio in the distance. I, I thought it might make it like a pop up or something playing audio. It's gone now. I mean, it's just. 
No, I'm telling you, there's there's a saw going on inside. If you want, I'll close my window. No, it wasn't. Maybe it was a saw. Maybe that's what was coming across. It's fine. I think we're good now. We're good now. It was very famous, but I heard it. Anyway. So I I also, uh, I was reading as Connor was talking about Heavy Rain. That game is heavy as hell. Oh, yeah. How would you want to play that? I got a super dark ending when I played the first time. (laughs) Of course you did. Uh, (laughs) I got the one out in the cabin. um, Like the trailer. Mine's actually ended up being quite good because I saved the kid... But it was this yeah. tragic ending where the police gunned me down thinking that I was the killer. Uh, <laughs> but the kid got to survive, so it wasn't the darkest ending. Oh, that's, that's such that's a David Cage uh, ending. Uh, that's such a Pete ending, too. <laughs> no, I'm trying to do good. <laughs> All right. Five alive. Um, did either did either of you play Firewatch? Because that's another one that just yeah, came out. Yeah, I did, yeah. Should I play Firewatch? Um, yeah, sure. Are there any Bigfoots in Firewatch? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Shit. I mean, it's, it's a good little game for a few hours if you pick it up on yeah. sale. Cool. I'll keep an eye out for it. Mmm. Mmm. I had something stuck in my tooth all day, and I just got it. I've been trying to alter this so podcast. Alter this podcast. Did it not sell floss where you were? Yeah, toothpicks. I don't, I, no, I don't, I don't have any floss in the house, no. But... Pete's going out with a bag and board from the shop. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie. I've been there, like at work, where yeah. there's no floss. And I've got something. Nope. It's like right, okay, a bit of like you know a foil packet of crisps or something. Yep. Or, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, quick yeah. Rip it open. I'm getting this out. <laughs> no, I've, I've been trying to get it with my tongue, like all show, and it just came out. So I'm just I'm celebrating. Thank you, everyone. It's it's a great moment. Good job. Uh, all right, so that'll take us on to the Patreon books. So just to explain this, every month uh, we have... Uh, there's, there's basically a possibility of four books each for me and Connor. Sometimes they're shared, sometimes they're not, depending on our patrons. Uh, is the For one of us to read a book of your choosing, there's only a, there's a limited number of slots because we can't obviously add tons of these. Uh, but at the $30 tier, you can make one of us read a book. Um, so the first Patreon book here... Uh, so, so again, this is patreon.com slash TV if you want to make us do this kind of thing. Uh, is Red to Delta of 40, which is Connor's ongoing book that David makes him read. However... It's been going since, like, issue six. I stopped. I was like, no, yeah. I'm not doing it. Because I, I, I stupidly, if you go back to the style of the show, stupidly <laughs> said, oh, I'll see the first arc out. I regretted that immediately. Yes. Um, and, and here we are, four, <laughs> yeah. 30-something issues later. Yeah, so here's the thing, though. There's a, a bit of a caveat with this one. Uh... So I, I do live streams a couple of times a week uh, on the on the YouTube page, and there's a tip menu, and you know, so, you know, mostly it's you know these little tips for various things. We play screenshot games, whatever. But there's some there's some big things. The idea being that you'd have to be a patron to like say buy a comic review or a movie review or something if you do want to spend the the, the higher amount. David, the same person who makes Connor read Red Hood, bought a comic review. And I said, Oh, what do you want me to do? And do you want it to be a part of the podcast or do you want it to be you know, just a separate standalone thing or, or whatever part of the stream, whatever. And he just responded with, next time Connor's reading Red Hood, you do it too. So, <laughs> so I have read issue 40 of Red Hood Outlaw <laughs> with no context whatsoever. The, the, the last thing Pete read for, was issue 1 or Rebirth, whatever. It, rebirth, rebirth, one, issue? rebirth 1 probably was probably the issue that I yeah. read last. And <laughs> I have yabbered on about every other issue since, which Pete never listens to. No. <laughs> uh, understandably, I wouldn't listen either. <laughs> I just love the no. <laughs> uh, I am dying to know Pete's concept of what this book is and trying to explain. I, 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 so, Red I will say, surprisingly, this issue is 
half of a recap issue. Like a lot of it is recapping where we are. Um, weird. So it was kind of a good jumping on issue for Pete in that sense. I mean, it was par four of an arc, so I'm not sure if I agree with that necessarily. But uh, I, I, I will explain why. So the, the, the Red Hood's babysitting a bunch of supervillain kids that Lex wants them to look after, or something. And one of them is like a baby who's the actual villain, but has like a like dead reanimated robotic mother that it controls to move it, has, it around. Yeah, it's, it's mother, which is like a mummy, like Egyptian style in bandages. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it has like a rocky sort of one, and by rocky I mean like, you know, craggy, sharp rock yeah, and stuff. Of, course, boxer classic, from Philadelphia. He's, he's referring to the classic Lobdell creation, Doomed. Is that Doomed? Uh, That's Doomed. <laughs> to be fair, no, to to be fair no, something I give a lot of comic shit for when they don't do it, the very first issue of this page is them all in a car, and it does have their names next to each yes, other. The very... I, know, I don't expect Peter to know them all by now, because I don't either. Yeah. But... The very first issue of this page, yes. Well put. Uh, oh, right, very first page of this issue. <laughs> God damn it. Also, that still has the Year of the Villain banner on top, so this is an extended Year of the Villain tie-in. It's not just the one month, like a lot of the I mean, other books. I this was a couple of months ago, I don't forget. Oh, that's true, yeah, you're right. I was thinking this is this month. This is like two months behind, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I think we're on 42 or 43 now. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, Devourer's got like it, a, a weird robotic jaw. You said David does this? Yeah. David, maybe. David's a sadist. I know. He's the worst. <laughs> Uh, they've got like an Uber driver or something. I, 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 uh, so they're breaking into uh, wherever Doctor Veritas is. Star Cadmus. I don't think it's any of those right now because she's working in the center of the Earth. Yeah, uh, the block, a research and a development complex located in the center of the Earth. Well, the center. I didn't even read that the first time I read this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> center there, of the there, Earth. Yeah, no, there, I, I how many caption books? There's the one underneath it as well. Yeah, currently home of Generation Outlaw. What is Generation Outlaw? It's Lobdell redoing his X-Men book. This is Generation Outlaw. This, this group, him teaching the kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> I told you, he's redoing, he's redoing his, 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 his 90s X-Men book. Um, I'm going to look for pages of these real quick. There's a... There's a, there's a oh, my God. No, they are. They're the first... The first thing... Yeah, it's like... Devours like Chamber. Yeah. Yeah. The first three pages should be the, the preview uh, pages in Comixology if you want to look, just look at them, Matt. And I, I only know yeah, about this other one because a patron made me read a few issues a few months back, some of you might recall. Um, I rec- yes, I recall this. It, it was not fun, but it gave me context for just how stupid this is now. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of Dr. Veritas clones or something? Yeah, that's new. Yeah, going around. Yeah. Uh, no, hold on. I mean, this is the thing. Like, as much no, as you're saying it's a good jumping on point, I actually kind of, even despite the fact that there's a lot of stuff thrown at me here, I I don't really feel like much happens in this issue. No, it doesn't. And that's why I say it feels like a nice jumping on point, theoretically, because yeah. it actually spends a lot of time explaining, like, what this issue is. Like, okay, no, this is, this is Generation Outlaw. These are these characters. This is a team that Alex is making me look after. This is all stuff that was actually introduced, like, three, four issues ago that hasn't been over every issue since you know they've just been doing stuff and this issue it doesn't advance anything it takes the time to stop and re-explain all of that so i mean it's really bad in sense of it as an ongoing issue because there's nothing new um but in terms of hey this is your first issue well it's bad for review sake because there's not a whole lot to talk about really <laughs> oh, i know um i think it's... you think he cares about that <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I think it's it's interesting. It seems like you know this. Okay, he was told, hey, this is a year of the villain time. People might read this <laughs> when they there's don't a, normally. Yeah, there's like, and he's gone out of his way to actually try and make it friendly for them. Right, there's Wendy, Wendy, who uses her wind powers at one point. Um, that's not her name. I'm not going to learn her name. But I don't remember her name. Oh. She's got wind powers. I just saw on that first page preview, looking through Comicsology, DNA Strand, who as well DNA. Mm-hmm. That's some of the primary. Also, why on the cover does Bizarro have a beard? Uh, he has a beard now. Because he has a beard. Okay. Yes. Because the end of the issue is basically Veritas has Bizarro and uh, Artemis in a in a room. They're, they're back from whatever dimension they were lost in, and. You know, basically, he's like, oh, I'm happy to see you guys. You're be- kind of like my family now. And Bizarro super claps him away. And it's like, oh, shit, they're hostile. And end of issue. Says, yeah. next next time, Outlaws versus Outlaws. Yeah. And uh, as much as I despise this, but the actual core design of Bizarro here in the in the tank top with, with the with the backwards S and the, the, the beard, I, I like the design aesthetically. He looks like Zangief. But that not mean I'm a bad guy. <laughs> he looks like Zangief from Street Fighter. With the beard and the problem. Zangief was dope. You know how he got that scar on his chest, Pete? <laughs> Did he get that scar on his chest? Matt. He he wrestled bears. <laughs> Alright. Zangief rules. Hey, hey, I'm not this is Zangief. He has the he's the only good line in the entire Street Fighter movie, okay? Uh, I don't remember that. It's been, it's been all they're all in the, the room, villains and good guys united, uh-huh. and they're watching the security camera, and the building they're uh-huh. in, there's this truck coming towards them filled with explosives, and Zangief mm-hmm. yells out, Quick, change the channel! <laughs> That's a good line. Is it the Van Damme version? Yeah, it's the Van Damme movie. Do, do I need to watch this with adult eyes? <laughs> I don't know if I would say that, Matt, but... <laughs> uh, anyways... Um, just before we actually go, I do think we should mention uh, David Messina on our this issue. I don't think we actually said that. Oh, uh, no. not, not Pete Woods, who has been doing uh, a, a uh, recent handful. Although yeah. Raul Julia as a, as Bison is pretty enjoyable for yeah, the memory. Pretty, I, I've seen super cuts on YouTube. Mm. Oh, yeah. The yes. art in this issue is, is actually fine. Um, it's not the best that this book's had, but I have very little to complain about. I, I don't know what Pete feels about the art. Uh, no, no, it was fine. Um, honestly, my, my only problem from a visual standpoint, really, outside of maybe designs, because I actually kind of like the big metal jaw thing that that one character has. I thought it was kind of funny. Kind of kind of kind of cyberpunky, steampunky. Like, yeah, I, I, it, uh, it, it, made me, it made me think of Tetsu the Iron Man and this weird body modification kind of sense, but um, which has nothing to do with Marvel's Iron Man for the record. It's a Japanese movie from 1989. Go go watch a movie, uh, plebs. Uh, so, <laughs> tell me what to do. The wind girl. I watched four movies man. in January. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, the visual thing that I don't like uh, is not actually anything to do with the art. I hate Red Hood's uh, narration boxes. I hate that the background colors this gray. Uh, oh, yeah. And the yeah. red symbol. I just think it looks ugly. It's just an ugly design. I don't know. Yeah, it it just needs to be a solid black, really, doesn't it? It does. It it, just, it just looks kind of murky and unappealing. It's supposed to be like a, a gunmetal gray, I think, but mm. just a plain black. The, the the rounded boxes are fine. The red outline is fine. The font is fine. Uh, <laughs> it's the gunmetal gray that's not working. Is it just me or does Red Hood's new design, apart from the fact there's a lot of red in it, remind you more of like a Phantasm from Mask of Phantasm? I can see it. Phantasm meets Scorpion. Yeah, a bit of scorpion, but, but with the red, of obviously, because that's his colour. But yeah. you take those two, add red, boom, they you got your new red to it design. Um, get over here! 
It should say that. It should say that every issue. <laughs> oh, that would make this book so much better if he did. <laughs> um, honestly, this is like far from the worst issue of this book because it's so inoffensively recappy. <laughs> yeah, not much happens. Honestly, some of the side characters were, were mildly interesting. Not enough that I want to read any more of it, obviously. But, uh, you know, um, Red Hood is just a dull character in the middle of it all. He is. He's just there. So I, I, I can't get behind that too much, but hey, uh, right, only go read it. <laughs> um, I think this is a, a four, not because it's not the worst issue by far, but it's completely pointless and advances very little outside of like you could you could cut this issue down to like three pages if you were reading this in an ongoing and lose nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, for Pete's sake, it, it, you know it, it's more helpful in that context, and the art's perfectly fine. You know, yeah, uh, there's... nothing amazing, but I got nothing nothing to complain about at all with the art. Yeah, I'd give it a five. I, I think it's you know it, like. Nothing about it, it motivates me to want to read any more of it, but nothing about it is particularly terrible either. Uh, a little heavy on some of the caption boxes and, you know. But... I do have, like, the tiniest bit of respect for Lobdell in that they told him, hey, this is a tie-in issue to Year of the Villain. People might read this who are reading all the Year of the Villain stuff, those terrible, poor people. Um, you know, but there are, there are definitely those people out there who aren't reading this book who will read everything that has that banner on it. And if this is their first issue, at least he tried to make it accessible for them. See, if they want to give him like a, a character that you, that you can just redo Happy Death Day with, I'll happily read that, Lobdell. <laughs> Since you proved that you could write that story already. Just uh, that one story over and hey, over again. That, that was in my top 50 movies of the decade. Of course it was. Hey, that, that series isn't all out yet, Matt. No spoilers. That was early, though. It's fine. That okay, one is out. Okay, okay. I have the uh, sheet right there. Hold on, wait. Okay. <laughs> he did it on pen and paper. He's not the only one. Yeah. Uh, in fact, honestly, I think me and you're the only ones who didn't do it in pen and paper. Really? Yeah, Kevin and Tara both had pens and paper. Ah, uh, here it is. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't comprehend it. That's how I worked. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I was in the first one. You. Boomers. <laughs> All right, hey, last analog. pick. Last book. I've yeah, got. I got one. Do this, Pete. One last Patreon book here. Uh, American Vampire issue three. Scott Snyder writing. Raphael Albuquerque on the art. At least in the main story. I'll, I'll tell you about the other story when we get there. Uh, so Pearl makes a roommate uh, Hattie leave because things are getting dangerous, and she's going to go after the people who did this. And she's like, "Sorry for the mess." And there's, you just see Hattie's reaction to this room full of blood from her killing the the previous dude. Um, the vampires decide to basically uh like send two of their lackeys uh, the 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 other vampires uh, the actors uh you know on a mission uh, and they're not very happy about what's going on of course uh but pearl uh rides up alongside them in the car on a motorbike and pulls out into the sunlight and rips open the roof she actually rips off the dude because there's two of them there's a guy and a woman uh, the guy's face gets ripped off and we actually see his face afterwards and he's just missing the top half of his face, like his skin. And it is actually really brutal. Uh, and then she has a fight with the, the woman who's actually kind of suffering because they're in daylight uh, and she's struggling. And she she kills her on a cactus because the, the, the prickles on a cactus are actually mostly wood. Most people don't know that. Um, so... I learned something from this book. There you go. That's fun. Uh, but it does set up a new thing mythology-wise because she goes to uh, Henry, the guy she was kind of flirting with in the first issue, who lives on a little boat, and she wants to stay there with him. She tells him what's going on. He doesn't really believe her. It's all very, you know, hard to 
you know to get a grasp of but uh one of the things we do learn here is that one of the weaknesses that skinner has and now she has as an american vampire is is that when there's no moon at all so the opposite of a full moon uh which is not an eclipse but you know what i mean uh a new moon a new yeah i guess a new moon yeah yeah uh so on that night or maybe two or three nights you know when it's at it's like most disappeared um they're weak because she feels really kind of uh, lightheaded and she goes to sleep um so we do have like a weakness time for them now uh so it's only a specific time per month uh think of it as reverse werewolf i suppose i know i would be um but the uh the, the bad vampires who run the movie studio have kidnapped her roommate hattie and they tell her to come meet them and she's like okay i'm going off to do it and Henry tries to come with her, but she speeds off in his car without him, and that's when we get her to be continued. Uh, so the main story is solid. Again, I think you know it really. It's it's felt like a really progressive story. It's it's very serialized, and that each new chapter feels like it opens up the world more. You know, the first issue was just like the horror of the the end because the ending of the first issue is here's this vampire, she's doomed. And the second issue is oh, she's becoming a vampire. This third issue is she's got something to fight, and she's going after them. Uh, but then they've amped up the ante at the end with the cliffhanger. So it's got a really nice progression throughout the issues. Albuquerque's art's fantastic, of course. The the gore, like I said, the ripping off the face is beautiful stuff. If you're into <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing, um, yeah. so no. Um, I story. think you've read all these before, right? It's just been a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I've read up to. I've read all the first cycle at least. Right. So. So then you know that they they start dropping in some mythologies later. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny that you yeah. you brought up the werewolves and stuff. It's funny, um, Snyder, when he was talking about, you know, the, the new event and stuff, and, you know, that being yeah. the capper of his DC work, he did say he wanted to get back to American Vampire and other I want him to, too. stuff after. That's his plan. Wouldn't that be nice? Hell, I'll even read the new issues in the show when they came out. Me too? I'll do it. Oh, you imagine they'd be through... Vertigo's not an imprint anymore. Black though. Label. They'll be Black Label. They'll just be Black Label. You think yeah. they're Black Label? You don't think they'd Hellhouse it because it's horror-themed? Um... No, because then he has to uh, let... Yeah, so they'll have some sort of. It'll just be. It'll just black label it. If I, if anything, I can I can totally yeah, see them. Just call his friend Stephen King, who wrote the first backup. <laughs> no, but no, I know. Here's the thing, Matt. I could totally see them giving Snyder his own little Hill House for black label. Yeah, and American yeah, get... and American Vampires relaunch will be like the the, the the headliner of that, but there'll be like three other books yeah. by others. I, I want like like yeah. another severed book, please. Yeah, I, I can. Should I read severed? Yeah. I, like six I, issues and it's great i've got it in comicsology and i've still not read past the first issue it was good though the first oh, issue i read was great but <laughs> i haven't read the rest I, of it i have the trade i read it all in one sitting one night and it's fantastic so here's the thing i could totally see them doing that giving him like a hell house thing where he gets four or five books he'll write two of them one will be american vampire and then he'll give like you know a horror book to someone you know like i could see them totally doing that actually that, that makes sense to really do that as well while uh while hill house is in the off season yeah right? yeah because it's not we've not got anything out announced after this first couple because they're not announcing any until they're all done so they're kind of okay we're gonna have this period of months without any that's where you throw in snyder's one yeah in the, future. i think that's a really cool idea if they, i mean maybe they maybe we'll go to EMEG and he's not interested in doing it at dc but like you know if he wants to do american vampire he has to do that at dc in some capacity i think so yeah, yeah and i don't think he's got a problem with that given how good a relationship he obviously has oh with the yeah as a whole absolutely so um, you know, I imagine they would treat it as like a proper relaunch. I mean, it, I'm like it'll be like a reboot, but it'll, it'll they'll treat it as like new reader friendly. I think well, they, they yeah they did that with Second Cycle, and then it and that, wasn't consistent enough, and that didn't last so, that long. They'll give it a new number one, and yeah, 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 yeah they will. Uh, so the backup story, of course, because this first arc has a backup story, which actually makes each issue essentially two 
or each issue two issues almost because it because it's like 35 pages so it's almost you know i think it's an even split between the stories it's not like 20 and then like 15 yeah. it's like you know 18 and 17 or whatever uh, so the author, uh, so this is obviously Stephen King writing, uh, Albuquerque's still on the art, and it's the author telling the story, continuing the story of Skinner Sweet. And, you know, we, we ended the last backup with Skinner kind of coming out the grave and coming towards the town. And this is him, like, coming towards this town, and it's been 30 years of him in a, you know, in this coffin at the bottom of the lake or whatever it is. And he, like, sees, like, a, a sign that says, you know, the wonder of the telephone, because this is 1909, so it's just the start of some of these things, like, being a thing. So you have to go to the drugstore to use the telephone, because not everyone has one yet. Uh, no one has mm-hmm. one yet. You know, he says something racist about how the mayor of this town uh, is, is Mexican. Uh, uh, something to do with tacos, he says. Uh, I won't repeat it, just in case it's actually, like, a proper thing that people say. Uh, but um you know he sees like a candy store and he, he breaks in and he's butt ass naked and the, the owner comes in and tries to shoot him uh and he you know he kills him he runs at him all vampire faced and one of my favorite things here is at the end of this page he's sitting with like the dead guy like propped up around him as if he's got his arm around his shoulder and skinner's like sort of like snuggling into him uh, as the guy's got blood just like mm-hmm. dripping from his dead face it's really brutal horror stuff really nice um for what you do uh some cops try to arrest him uh, the next morning and he like swipes off the dude's arm more great gore you know more of what you want in this book he essentially just decimates this entire town there's like heads hanging from like, the, the clothesline and just body parts all over the ground and he you know uh the 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 european vampires who are now aware of him are like sort of starting to shit themselves and like, oh we can make a deal or we can let's let's go get the other yeah, cop who put him away in the first place let's go get a book in that uh, which is, you know, we cut to him and the writer comes along with him. They're going to, have, going to come after him. But uh, Skinner, like, blows up the town from the munitions factory and, you know, really dark stuff. He actually, he puts a stick of dynamite in someone's pocket and we see the guy's top half of his body just go splat. It is beautiful stuff. I Honestly, I if you're a fan of, like, gore and body horror, that, this series is actually really fun for that stuff. Uh, there's a lot of it in this issue. And Skinner Street yeah, is... Yeah, good at that. Yeah, and Skinner Sweet is such a bastard. Like, he's not a likable character. He's fun to watch or read about, but he's not likable. Uh, and it's good to remember that when you know, you're getting the bits with Pearl where he seems like he's kind of being friendly. You know, it's good to remember that he's actually a complete dirtbag. Uh, so the book ends uh, with uh, Skinner's old buddies uh, sort of be, kind of being scared because Skinner's went back to their hideout where all the money's been stored from the robberies. And it's all gone because they thought he was dead, so they used it. <laughs> it's like, why, why would they leave it for him? Uh, and that's where the cliffhanger is. Uh, so, no. Uh, good stuff. I, I, I think the backup uh, is actually getting better as it goes because it's becoming just more straight a straight story about Skinner Sweet as opposed to the cutting back and forth with the other characters that it was doing before. Um, and just as this great discovery of just how brutal he is and like him being the fish out of water, but it doesn't matter because he's just so powerful that he just starts killing everyone anyway. Uh, it's just really fun stuff, and the art, of course, is great. Albuquerque's good throughout. Um, no, great stuff. So that is uh, uh, American Vampire issue three. So delightful, uh, and that will take us to the end of the uh, the books and take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment of the week, favorite cover, favorite art, and top five books. I only read four books, and I didn't really like most of them, so this will be an interesting list for me. But, uh, Matt, what was your panel slash moment of the week? Hmm. 
Do, do I just go with it? Oh, no, I'll, I'll, it'll be from Justice League Dark. I'll leave the one to Connor. I'm um, not paying Justice League Dark, so you're good. Y- you're not? No, no, I've, I've, I know what I've got. <sighs> All right, then I'll, I'll use the uh, where, where it's the fate making the pinnacle. And you have the, the three versions of Diana and all the other Justice League Dark members there. It's real cool. It's yeah, a great, great layout more than anything. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm actually going from Suicide Squad. It's the, the where the title of Suicide Squad comes up. Um, it's like three pages in and it's all, you know, it's half a page saying Suicide Squad, but it's not just the title. That's the that's the panel layout for what's going on behind it, which is yeah. the the bullet going through his head, the, the brain splatting out the back, and it's all, you know, black text with the red uh, silhouette of, of the guy. Uh, love yeah. it. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, Mains is definitely coming from Suicide Squad, because nothing else even uh, registered for me this week. Um, I... I think it'll probably be the shush-shush from the end, just because... That's the moment where you saw it, it all comes together and it hits you what's been going on in the story and what that opening was. Um, yeah, it's just a good culmination moment. Uh, and I think Deadshot's face really sells it. Like Deadshot's reaction to it uh, makes it really exciting. So that's my pick. Uh, all right, cover of the week then. I'll just jump in here straight away. I like the Flash variant quite a bit. Uh, it's like the wind one. The wind one, yeah. It's really nice watercolour looking cover Uh, i think that i actually have to just go simple here and go with the main suicide squad cover uh with the the circles the spiral and everyone kind of around it damn it you took mine sorry (laughs) sorry matt uh matt what's yours are you keeping suicide squad keeping the same cool connor uh i do like that cover um but i am actually going to go with the justice league dark variant um i really like it it's kind of gritty and scratchy (laughs) and and it really works for those characters yeah, that's fair. I'm just going to have a look at it. Actually, I've not seen it. I'm just going to have a quick peek. Uh, yeah, it's quite a nice cover, actually. Actually, I do really like that cover. Um, mm. Let's go. Cool. All right. Uh, best art of the week, Connor. Uh, for me, it comes down to two. I suspect everyone else has. There's only one option. Um, but yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I do have Dial H for Hero as a, as a really strong contender. Um, and I think I'm going to pick that just because... You guys are both going to represent the other choice, so I'll I'll, I'll go with a uh, Canonas from Dal H. Yeah, Suicide Squad, Matt. <laughs> yeah, Suicide Squad. Yeah, easy peasy. <laughs> easy. All right, Matt. Top five of the week, go. Uh, one Suicide Squad, two Justice League Dark, three Justice League, four Flash, five Action. Whoa! <laughs> what a week, uh, Carter. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, number one is uh, Suicide Squad. Two is Justice League Dark. Three is Dial H. Uh, four is Justice League. And then I, I suppose Flash. Uh, to be honest, though, I'm positive on four out of my five, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, my number one is Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good to stop in there. <laughs> well, you don't uh, let me. That's true. Okay, number two. Out of the four I read, so number two would be what? Justice League. Number three would be Flash. Number four would be Action Comics. But, I mean... Yeah, you know. yeah we laid out. I mean, at least Justice League was a six. That's in the upper... upper yeah, yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, like... It was a rough week, okay? It was a rough week. So hopefully next week's better, and I'll tell you what's coming next week right now. Uh, so we got Batman issue 88. We got... 
Daphne Burn issue 2 uh, the anthology for Valentine's Day is out next week DC Crimes of Passion which I don't think I ever was going to read but it is coming I, out I'm, I might read it just oh. based off the fact there's a, a Tynan story uh, so I might just read that okay okay so you yeah. know it's a $10 80 page thing right yeah no I might okay. just read the story at the shop it'll be fine okay alright <laughs> All right. uh, just, just check it. Just check it. My, my shop says it's not a library, but if you read it quick, it's not going to catch you. I'm a fast um, reader. So, yeah, that's coming out. Uh, Dreaming 18's out. Uh, Gen Lux 7 is out. Uh, Harley Quinn Four 70 out of seven. Uh, is out. So, that's getting up there. Uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity issue 3. That's pretty cool. That's exciting. Uh, Justice League 40 is out next week with oh, Vendetti. Weird. So that's the thing. Justice League Odyssey 18, Lois Lane number 8, Martian Manhunter issue 12, and Young Justice issue 13 are the books that are out next week. Uh, there's not actually that many that I think we're doing. Uh, six, I think, between us. Batman, uh, Daphne Byrne, then we're down to Joker Harley, Justice League, Lois, <laughs> and Young Justice, right? Yep. So all right. six between all of us. Okay, in that case, we'll probably ask for some more questions next week, so uh, gear them up, people. Uh... They wasted all of them this week. Also, um... This time next week, I would have written Rise of the Resistance, so I'll report on that. Okay. When, when we do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So there'll be more questions for next week, guys. We'll be asking on Twitter, and again, mftvquestions at gmail dot com um, is worth uh, looking at. It also, like, it scares me now seeing such a quiet week there because I'm like, oh god. They're all going to stack up again. I know, I know. The concern yeah. is that the other half of the book. That's ended up in quite a long show because we tangented a lot in this one. But, yeah. um, you know, yeah. uh, next week we'll uh, yeah have some more questions again. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so thank you very much for joining us. Uh, one thing that I'm going to start doing, actually, with uh, the $10 patrons, uh, they get kind of like sort of mailed sponsorship sort of values, is that the name's going to appear on the screen at some point for the video version. Uh, but, of course, one of the things that I do for the Patreon producers is to actually give them a shout-out. Uh, at the end of the show so I'm going to thank our patron producers for the month uh, thank you to David Short even though he made me Red, Red Hood the bastard uh, thank yeah, you to well, now you know how I feel uh, yeah. every month for the <laughs> last three years <laughs> thank you to Alison Fordis uh, sorry Fordice I said it wrong I went back to the old days uh, Cindy Palacios uh, Tyler Hess thank you to you guys uh, Tyler makes me read uh, American Vampire for the record just in case we're curious uh, so they're all $20 and up patrons at patreon.com slash TV. You can support us for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. Some outtakes, uh, the wrestling talks that me and Matt do are part of that, uh, just for the $1. Plus some bonus uh, episodes I, of some of our movie I shows. trumpets while they did that this time. Yeah, very good. Uh, the $5 tiers may be worth... <laughs> never been more British. Let me finish my goddamn Patreon plug, you bastards. The $5 tier is worth mentioning because the $5 tier gets you a day's early access to this podcast as well as previously in the multiverse and gives you voting rights whenever there's a vote for the other show. In fact, we just had a vote for previously in the multiverse for the sixth book that we're going to cover over the next little while. Uh, and the winner of that, which I'll announce on this episode here, uh, was Superman Emperor Joker, which is about nine issues long. Nice. So that'll be over the next uh, nine episodes of previously in the multiverse. I got you to think about how much. Well, no, because I was going to say how many months that was. I thought I'll just say nine episodes. It's easy. <laughs> Four and a half months, but uh, yes. So, uh, but we are actually considering having a similar vote for elsewhere when that starts, which should be late February, uh, maybe yeah. early March. Uh, but we, we we kind of mapped it out recently, like yeah, we're, we're thinking that'll be there'll maybe be a Marvel book, some image books, you know, just 
anything else that's yeah. not DC, really. Um, but we're looking at having one or two sort of ongoing things, like previously on that show, that are kind of running, sort of just us working Along through with it. the new releases. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of them will probably be a vote to give to give the five dollar patrons more things to vote for, and we might even add a second and voted for one in the DC show as well, uh, if we feel like we're you know coping fine with reading that number of books extra uh, per week uh but that is the that is the plan so yeah superman emperor joker won that vote so thank you to everyone who voted uh, there was a couple of new patrons that voted on that actually so thank you to you guys um so yeah you can support us on patreon financially of course but you can also support us in other ways you can rate the podcast on apple podcast give us five stars more people will find us that way uh make sure you tell us about the the what you thought of the books this week and all the various news and whatever we talked about in the comments on youtube like subscribe ding the bell for notifications all these things do help as does of course uh, just sharing us out on social media or you know message boards reddit whatever you populate with other comic book fans uh and do all that stuff uh but that is that is us that is the show that has been episode 192 thank you very much for joining us um, check out other content we have, of course, if you're interested in movies. Uh, we do a lot of movie review shows. There's the Screams podcast, which is the horror movie podcast. And, and, and next week, there will be a Birds of Prey review. Next week, there will be Birds of Prey, which will be under the 121 Influx banner, but I'll probably, as I've done with previous DC movies, I'll put that out in the comics feed as well for you guys uh, so you can get that. But uh, that'll be on YouTube as well. Uh, so thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC comics, guys, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. I forgot my gimmick.